Sheriff Alden Rockwell is back, and he's facing down Maxville County's biggest threat yet. Controversial, violent, punk rock legend, G.G. Allen. Brent Work presents Patricia Richardson in County Line, Allen. I actually haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm assuming that's what it's about. So what does one say, Landon, about the movie County Line All In, which is what it turns out is what the movie is actually called. It seems like I was mistaken <laughs> earlier. Uh, wow. I don't know how to start. This is the first sequel we've done even before Santa Claus 2. Isn't that wild? I mean, well, listen, I think it's because Santa Claus 1, it was like, well, I don't need the immediate resolution of this story. But the movie County Line, which <laughs> posited the notion of two counties yeah. uh, with, um, well, I don't know, with a lot of business going on in them. It's like, I couldn't be out of that world for more than a couple of weeks. Um, uh, agreed. This is a series that, uh, pun intended, I am all in on. Y- you are... I, you are- I, I'm... I'm so all in that I have a side pot going. <laughs> you you would stand in line to see this movie is what you're saying. I would stand on either side of the county line to watch County Line all you, in. You you count yourself among this movie's fans is is what you're is what you're trying to tell I, me. This whole series I I it's it's got me. It's got me hooked and I have to admit, okay, we're at the sequel and I want to dig into sequelisms. But uh, it, it delivered exactly what I wanted. Uh, this is okay. I, I, w- I wanted to start off by saying that I loved this movie and this movie rules. And <laughs> I think that this is a sequel, much like uh, Spider Man 2 or Godfather Part mm-hmm. 2, that mm-hmm. is better than the original uh, in, <laughs> I think, every measurable way. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's five years later, post-pandemic, uh, post-Tom Wopat allegations, and you, I, you know, like, I don't want, we talked about that a little bit at the end of last episode, at the which very I wish I'd end, known that going into it, because I might have gone, well, do we really want to give him a platform? <laughs> I mean, uh, look, look, people are going to watch County Line, they're going to not watch County Line, there's a lot besides Tom Wopat to look at. This is not an endorsement of of Tom Wopat under any circumstances. But I am going to talk a lot about Tom Wopat, and specifically about Tom Wopat, uh, how he looks. uh, (laughs) Look, I I have to talk about the change in him from the last... It's been five years. He's aged about 30. Uh, Yes. Now, listen, that is true. Now I, I have I have a I have a nickname for him. I don't know if I should give it out up up front or or if we should like get a little more into this. I mean take take the audience out to dinner first. I, I wish I had the improv skills to to guess different nicknames you have for, for him. They 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 follow they follow a certain they follow a certain standard. Tom Wopat, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tweaker Bill Murray uh, in this movie. <laughs> uh, the tweaker, no, tweakers are, are are thin. You're right. You're right. They tweakers use... are, are twiggy. Okay, but what, he's 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 like sausage Bill Murray. Sausage Bill Murray. Okay, yes. let me let me write that down. Sausage Bill. Murray. He, what makes him sausage Bill like, Murray? He's like high life Bill Murray, and and that's even acknowledging that Bill Murray loves PBR. Okay. Oh, I see. High life. Hi, okay. Uh. Yeah. 
I, I, I see that. I see that. He's, <laughs> he, he's like, what's that shitty Canadian beer? Uh, uh, what, what is that? Schlitz? Natty, Natty Light. Oh, Natty, Natty Light's from Canada. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's sort of the, the above ground swimming pool, Bill Murray. Maybe that's what we're saying. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's like, mom, can we have Bill Murray and Rushmore? No, no, we have Bill Murray and Rushmore at home. And, uh, and this is what you've got. And this is not yes. me taking shots at Tom Wopat. Well, I mean, no, this is objectively taking some shots at Tom Wopat, yes. but I'm going to say... I think that his acting in this, and I we spent like a big bunch of time up front saying we weren't trying to praise Tom Wopat. He gives a really good performance in this one that is way, way, way better than his performance in the original uh, mm. County Line. I, I think that's debatable, but we'll I, we'll get into that. I, I guess I guess I will defend uh, sex offender, convicted sex offender, uh, uh, Tom Wopat on this Wait, podcast. That is my job. He, it's gone past allegations. It went into conviction. Uh, okay, did it go into conviction? I know that it went to court and he was sentenced to, like, maybe oh, it's not... Oh, act- okay. Uh, well, I mean, if he was sentenced, he was convicted. Uh, he pleaded guilty to two counts of annoying and accosting a person of the opposite sex and was sentenced to one year of probation. So, oh, I, I don't know if that I annoy people offender. of the opposite sex all the time. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I think that I annoy people of both sexes on a regular basis. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what the name for that is, but uh, if, if it's a crime, lock me up. Uh, so well, I I listen. I'm here. I, I I'm so happy to be here talking to you about County Line All In, a movie from 2022, the most recent thing we've we've never done an episode uh, on a TV show or a movie from the same year in which we're recording it. That well, is weird to me. We, that is weird to me too, especially given that Tim Taylor showed up on a Last Man Standing episode and we like Maybe talked we about that. it. I know. Yeah. I mean, we look. Yes, we should chronologically. We need to do it after the end of the main show. But uh, <laughs> like, that's our like that's a reunion special, I guess. Okay. Uh, All right. But I mean, I think that um, I wait, wait. Wait. Are you saying that once we start our next podcast, we're gonna have to go back and do an episode of grunt work as our podcast personas from the next show interacting with our personas from this show uh yes i'm and i think a lot of drama <laughs> needs to get dredged up okay. and there need to be uh you right. know ma- and it, i think it ends with a wedding i don't know who we're, we're gonna we're gonna uh wistfully talk about the grunt creep because he's passed <laughs> in between doing the two shows yes there's a, there's an in memoriam segment and then there's also <laughs> they send a they send a camera crew out to all of the different fuck spots in the yeah. uh, taylor house and uh do a little profile on them kind of a cribs thing uh <laughs> well i just i wanted to, to just set the scene i've got i've got a beer cracked open which i feel like is super appropriate for this it, movie it is uh, it, it's a honky-tonk movie and that's a honky-tonk way to talk about it to honky-talk about it I wish I had cowboy boots on because I'm I'm reclining in my chair with my feet up on the desk. Uh, no spurs, unfortunately. No no cowboy boots. Uh, no How? spurs. You know, digging into my my you know wood desk counter. But uh, you know, uh, t- tell me about the flannel shirt you're wearing, Landon. How buttoned up would it be on a scale of of fully buttoned up <laughs> okay. to to uh, open? It's. It- uh every t-shirt has a different amount of buttons so i'll go by inch uh measurement which Mm -hmm. is uh about i'd say one and three-fourths of an inch above my belly button is Mm. where it's open to okay okay good so so you're 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 looking to make some friends it's a hot it's a hot georgia day and you're just uh you're airing things out (laughs) yep 
lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of unexpected cleavage in this movie. Male male cleave <laughs> that I'm not as big of a fan of as the other kind. I and I have notes about that as well. Truman, I have more notes about this movie. I have probably five times as many notes on this movie than I did on the previous one. But should we start with with some specs? Should we talk about the creative force behind this movie? Yes, with that. So, are we starting with the with the creative force behind it, or should we tell people the synopsis of the movie, which this week I wrote down? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. Hit us. Hit us with what is the continuing adventures of Alden Rockwell? <laughs> I couldn't remember his last name. The, the, we rave about how much we love the movie for twenty minutes, and then <laughs> I don't think they ever say the last the name. name. Like it's like it's like if you're at a Star Wars convention and the guy giving the keynote is like, "Oh, we're so happy to have Mark Hamill here. He played." Um, um, <laughs> l- l- uh, oh, I got it. I got it. Luke Skywalker. Uh, okay. Yep. Alden Rockwell and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> same iconic level. Now, listen, that's that's a pairing for the ages. <laughs> when a murderer begins killing ne'er-do-wells in both York and Maxville County, Sheriff Alden Rockwell must reluctantly team up with York County's new sheriff, Joanne Porter, to piece together the clues and stop the bloodshed. Together, the squabbling sheriffs uncover a plot that permeates the highest levels of county government and learn a thing or two about friendship along the way. Uh, yeah, that is the plot of this movie. Okay. It is, uh, there's a, yeah, you know what, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know, although I have a lot of questions about many things that have happened between the two movies. One, you cleared up over a text message earlier, which I appreciate, uh, but I you. still want to dig into it. Yes. Um, let's go into a little bit of the specs of this. Uh, was wondering if uh, Insp Films, <laughs> uh, the producer, yeah. the production company of the previous film, yes, uh, they're the inspirational films. Whether or not they went under, I was very curious, like, oh, my God, are they going to go from, like, a, uh, a PG, you know, Blue Bloods type of uh, family violence sort of show <laughs> to, like, a PG-13 or R-rated, uh, you know, straight-to-streaming service movie? Like, that turn would have pleased me to no end. Uh, but, nope, Insp- films are still around, and this is still a family-friendly show. Uh, yeah, which I think is, I think maybe adds a little bit to the movie's charm. Uh, I agree. Yes. Uh, it's, it's As much as I would love to see an R-rated version of it, I, I do think, uh, th- don't go in between. Like, give me a hard R or stay where you are. Yeah, get, uh, give me a hard R or stay where you are. That is our new Gruntwork bumper sticker. Uh, get it now <laughs> on our website. Uh, this, Yeah, this is a, uh, this is a... I think the high. This is the crown jewel in the Insp films canon. Uh, I that being said, I've only seen one other Insp film before, but uh, man, <laughs> this blows the original County Line right out of the water in a million ways. So, uh, well, t- yeah. What, what do you yep. got about the tech specs? Tell, okay. tell me more. Directed by a different director, this one is Brent Christie, who is a director and cinematographer. Hmm. Uh, you might know him from such things as. County line all in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, actually, no, he has 38 cinematographer credits. Most of them are shorts. Uh, some of them are uh, additional footage um, on documentaries. Well, I... But he, sh- he filmed this and 
count the next one, County Line All In, which is or I'm sorry, County Line No Fear, which is supposed to come out later this year. We might have to interrupt season eight to do County Line No Fear. Uh, no, we will have to interrupt season eight to do County Line No Fear. <laughs> I, I, what I'm I'm looking right now at the movie that he made. I think uh, yes, in the same year as he seemingly shot uh, two County. No, this is from 2021. Uh, he made the movie Christmas in the Pines, which yep. is you know we we've referred to we've referred to the movies that we're watching uh, the County Line movies as Hallmark well, he, westerns. He was... He was a cinematographer on that one. Oh, he was he cinematographer? Oh, that was. Uh, I'm sorry, this was DP stuff. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Uh, but he were like he has a big background in other kind of Hallmark type, like yes. you know, a Christmas Prince, holiday movies, the ones that just that just populate all the streaming services. Again, as a cinematographer, as a director, he has done things similar to this, which I kind of want to check out now. Uh, a movie called The Warrant, which oh, is yeah. a, a western. Um, Starring Neil McDonough and uh, Casper Van Dien, which Casper Van Dien is going to appear in County Line No Fear. Uh, something called Blue Ridge, uh, which also looks pretty fantastic. Here's the the IMDb one sentence synopsis: A murder in a sleepy town at the heart of Blue uh, at the heart of the Blue Ridge Mountains shocks the community and refuels a longtime feud between two families. Truman, am I going to like Yellowstone? I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you gotta watch it, Landon. I think that they're probably gonna make uh, they're probably gonna make a Blue Ridge eighteen eighty three or something that you've gotta subscribe to a different form of insp to to watch. Yeah. I, How about look, this one? The Legend of Five Mile Cave. I that's I wanna see a cave that's five miles long. I mean, I think that's probably that's probably the central conflict of the movie is either they're trying to see a cave that's five miles long or a child has gone to see the five mile long cave and gotten lost in it. And they have to go get the child. Is it a, is it a young JTT? <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, probably. It's full of bears. And uh, oh, no. and I think oh, I think, I yeah, not so, anymore. Yeah, so we're not going to watch this movie. Um, I, OK, you're it, right. I, it, it's yeah. very. No, I'm I'm just looking at it now. I'm seeing the I I feel like he just is coming up through the Insp Films farm team and I think it's kind of great. Uh this one's written by James Phillips. Yes. And uh James Phillips uh, has 34 writing credits. Most of them, if not all of them are either TV series or TV movies. Yes. Um some of them are kind of interesting, you know, he wrote an episode of SG1. Uh no. He, no. What? No, no, bro. That's not interested? No, I mean, look, that's interesting. Sure, that's interesting. What's interesting, folks, is that James Phillips, a a writer who I have a whole lot of respect for, who I think is very, very good at his job, uh, the movie that he made, or the movie that he wrote uh, before County Line All In is called... Oh, I was going to get to that. Oh, is that you're going to finish with that? Am I... I Okay, am I gonna? I'm, I'm gonna ruin you're, your big you're finish. You're sniping a little bit, but that's okay. No, no, no. I don't. I don't want to snipe you. We learned in this movie that snipers are a bad thing. I don't want to blow you up. <laughs> so, so listen, folks. I was about to say it, but no, you got to keep listening to the podcast, Landon. Please proceed. Okay. All right. Uh, I was just gonna give you a little bit of his his versatility because he went from yeah. Stargate SG One. He wrote an episode of Ben Ten, an animated uh, show. Uh, we should get Yuri on here. I know Yuri would be cool. Um, he does the voice of Ben Ten. Oh. Um. Uh, and then a bunch of TV movies that look like the perfect, like low-level lifetime thrillers, like Amber Alert and Undercover Wife, Kept uh, Woman, First Response, <laughs> Separated at Birth, Prescription for Danger, 
Mad Mom. That's the one I want to see. Uh, <laughs> all my husband's wives. These sound amazing. Yes. Um, but the movie he wrote right before <sighs> County Line All In. I, I'm gonna. I, I don't feel like I'll do it justice. You 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 reveal the title of the movie. If there were a home improvement episode that involved <laughs> the boys getting into trouble at a cheese shop, perhaps a specific wheel of, of cheese is stolen, and I were trying to guess titles for it. <laughs> There's a, a curmudgeon uh, in the corner who's flirting with the waitress. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, that's very good. Uh, I think this would be it. As Gouda as it gets, and... The synopsis for for as good as it gets, a movie that I think we now should watch purely based on my respect for this writer, artisan cheese shop owner Bree finds herself competing <laughs> for a fifty thousand dollar prize in her town's annual cheese festival. To boost her presence, she teams up with an influential cheese critic. Yes, of course. Uh, that's is there any other kind of cheese critic who you'd want to who'd want to team up with to profile her vintage smoked Gouda. As their friendship develops into romance, a competitor's business proposal and unforeseen complications force Bree to put her shop and heart on the line. Um, Ooh. All in. The county line. Well, where is this? Where is this cheese shop? Is it in Maxville County? Is it in York County? We don't know. Uh, we got to watch it to find out. Uh, this is what I like about County Line All In and County Line No Fear, the one that's upcoming. They were filmed back to back, so mm-hmm. it's it's pairing the James Phillips, uh, 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 Brent Christie, creative team, um, together. I feel like it's it's going to retain a level of quality. So like I'm very excited to watch the next one. Like I don't feel like it's going to be a a chore. I, I have faith that the the level of quality will sustain. It's going to have Casper Van Dien in it in, in County Line No Fear. Yeah, we did talk about that last time, and we're talking about it now because it's an exciting thing. That's how you know it's going to be good. <laughs> like, I, no, I I agree. This is this is a movie made by, I think, a couple of really good just journeyman writer and director who uh, worked with really limited resources, a very small budget, to make, I think, just kind of the... That? I don't think we have those numbers. What? Yeah, Landon, we have. The thing is, regardless of budget, I think they did an amazing job. Like, this could have been a $100 million movie, and I wouldn't want it to be any different than it is. No, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying I think that this is the the story that's written is one that that can just play out with characters in a couple of different locations. And it's all just like a thing that was written in a way that like this is what we can shoot this is the best we can do with what we've got and they make a really interesting <laughs> compelling story out of that which i think is an art form to work within the limitations of how much money uh the suits yes. at insp are willing to shovel across the table to you all right well let's use that as our segue to get into this thing where do you think they put the most budget is it in the the opening recreation of civil war reenactment mm, mm, revolutionary war mm. i think <laughs> I, sorry, were your glasses not pushed all the way up? To the yeah, of your yeah. Nose? Sorry, sorry. I just uh, <laughs> actually. So uh, I think that I know. I think that the most money really went into the car bombing. I think in this movie, and I agree that that's that's <laughs> oh, some man. Adobe After Effects. But you you bear in mind that most of the time they don't even really 
see them shooting guns because they don't want to edit in lens fl- or uh, or muzzle flashes or anything. I think right. that's I, I think that's a, a pretty big lift uh, for this no, movie. And that there, was probably the- I think that's a good good note that we maybe should have mentioned in the last episode. Like, there's a lot of shooting, a lot of killing, but there's no muzzle flashes and no squibs, so there's zero blood, barely any. You know, unless someone is not getting fatally killed, there's no like shirts exploding with a, a bullet puncture yeah big big a team vibes yeah because yeah. we got to talk about the 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 car bombing why don't we start here because I, I realize there's some context needed for it let's talk a little bit about the new uh rogues gallery that we have here the, <laughs> the characters that we're, we're talking about because the big glaring thing right out the gate clint isn't here jeff fahey not part of the county line series anymore maybe they're holding him to do a kind of mid-credit sequence uh uh reveal <laughs> yeah county line no fear have i told you about the county line initiative dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and suddenly it's five counties coming together you find that this is just the county line but at the top of the two counties <laughs> there's actually a diner put onto the spot where five counties come together <laughs> in touch and and which and which TV sitcom mom is the no nonsense proprietor of that mega diner? Oh, uh, easy, easy. Uh, I don't think she's. Oh, yeah, she has. She's in a show called Moms. It's Allison Janney. Okay, Allison Janney runs it, and so it's it's cut in. And so the diner's no, no, no. cut into. I'm sorry, I didn't know she runs the diner. She's the sheriff of that town. Oh, she's the sheriff. Okay, I'm I'm down with her being the sheriff, but some. Whoever who runs the, the who runs this diner though, because if it's if it's yeah. five different county lines, that person has to keep track of. Okay, mm. in this county, beer is legal. In this county, gambling <laughs> is legal. In this county, cockfighting is legal. So yeah. in that corner, you can do cockfighting <laughs> legally. In that in this in this Ooh. county, uh, fireworks are legal. So that's where you go for who your would fireworks. You go for that? Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's the that's the underworld mistress we need to cast or master. Um, yeah, maybe I don't. I feel like you need to to dive back into the TV well for that. Who would be good like i don't know like an eric estrada or something I, he might be a little too campy no uh, no i think i think this is <laughs> no 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 <laughs> this is his moment this is his breakout role this is uh okay. you All know right. everybody everybody thought woody harrelson was just that fun guy from cheers and then he and then he was a true detective you know um so so yeah it's um it's a shock that alden rockwell is gone wait no alden rockwell is our guy clint yeah that the- clint it's it's a shock that Clint is gone, uh, and mm-hmm. it's sort of abrupt. But I think that that is that I think is the secret sauce that makes me love this movie is Agreed. no more Clint. A hundred percent. As much as I really appreciated the the bromance between them uh, in the previous movie, uh, there's something about it just injected the right amount of freshness to this to not just be a retread. Mm-hmm. Um, though I have to admit, I. I just caught little lines here and there about like not winning re-election. I thought maybe he had died at one point. I did not know where the fuck Clinton was. In fact, it's one of my notes, like mostly like closer to the end of the movie where I'm just like, where the fuck is Clint? Clearly they're making mention that he's still alive, but I did not catch what happened to him, where he was during this. I'm like, is he just like chilling in his house in his county, in York County, <laughs> like you could go over there and just talk to your buddy at any time, and the movie's just not showing us that. Well, his phone's on airplane mode, I guess. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to just drop by. That wouldn't be polite. <laughs> I guess he's okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, they 
Yeah, they they put it up front that he uh, that's just you know one of the first lines of the movie is just he he lost reelection and then Joanne his wife or or uh, or Jordan his wife convinced him to move down to the Florida Keys and it was just like you know that's that's that and he's uh, he's yeah. gone. I... You you cleared that up for me inadvertently in a uh, a text earlier. Uh, I don't think you meant to to I didn't ask you about it but you you definitely answered it for me. Uh, yeah, you know, much much like Scooter, I uh, inadvertently <laughs> gave you uh, a clue that solved the case. Um, yes. Well, look, I want to talk about like if this is a good way as as good a way to get into the movie as any because it kind of happens at the beginning. We find out in his first scene that uh, with with a you know, we we meet Clint again. Who, who's first scene? Uh Clint Clint Rockwell's first scene, Sheriff Wopat's first scene. That's Alden Rockwell. I'll thank okay. you very much. <laughs> As I push my glasses up my nose. <laughs> okay, okay. Sheriff Wopat's first scene. I wanted to call him by his character <laughs> do you, name. Do you, do you, <laughs> Sheriff Wopat. Uh, do, does putting a dollar in the jar extend to uh, uh, non-home improvement <laughs> characters? Look, look I, can't tell, I can't tell little boys apart, and I can't tell old men apart. There's a thin range. <laughs> uh, not even a thin range. There's a decent range of ages that I can tell apart, but if you're too young or too old, I don't give a shit who you are. <laughs> I'm not gonna remember you. You're either gonna you're either gonna die or you're gonna grow up more and change. Why should I why should I know who you are now? <laughs> oh my okay. god. Sheriff okay. we meet Sheriff Wopat and the gang uh at the county line diner run by Patricia Richardson. He's playing poker with a bunch of the local dignitaries. But I'm gonna pause you. because I, I don't wanna start there. I, I think we gotta start earlier because it's important not well, only to Give okay. context to what we're gonna see, but also, uh, it's just a a remarkable opening. Okay, okay, and I agree. The, the The beginning is remarkable. You're always getting on me about not wanting to go chronological, and here I am coming I out know. saying, "Okay, I, I'm gonna talk about the second scene in the movie." But no, let's start with the first. I know. We'll, we'll we'll jump around, but I I just want to <laughs> start with this for a number of yeah, reasons. Throw your One, hands up. yeah, jump around. Uh, we're we're start without any context of a man in uh like a, a raccoon skin cap carrying a musket running through the woods and aiming at another man in a powdered wig. Yeah. And he, just last of them he can sing all over the place. One thing I need to – we might have mentioned it on the last episode, but I know you and I went back and forth a lot in text. That's how much we love this movie. Uh, <laughs> our, our friendship is county line based at this point. <laughs> You and I went back and forth over how much we want to write the novels for yes. this series, and uh, I think I had made a joke at one point of like them going to the Old West, and as soon as this opened, I'm like, oh my god, they did it. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those crazy I, I, bastards. I, <laughs> They're taking it back to the Old West. I was like, did Landon actually write this? Was the whole thing a setup? <laughs> Was he faking not writing it like like uh, like uh, Sheriff uh, what's his face faked his death in the previous movie? <laughs> but here's the other thing is that okay so this is uh, lots of guys pointing guns at each other and uh, suddenly one has him dead to rights and as he's aiming his gun uh, you hear a cell phone ring and then I'm like wait a minute <laughs> is oh this God. going to be a turn off your phone uh, in the theater advertisement? <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of dancing snack foods then come out and they're singing about going to the lobby and get yourself some <laughs> treats. And now also, our feature presentation. The way this is shot really felt like the opening to a Friday the 13th movie. Just like 
a bunch of people you see just feet running through the woods running from or to something you don't know what's going on there's thriller music happening i'm like jesus christ this is going hard on jason um it's going hard right just out of the gate the second the movie starts it's these sweeping shots i think a drone i don't even know it looks really nice of like this, like the camera is rushing along, following this guy running through the woods, and it's like primal conflict, life and death, and we're in the past, and <laughs> like you were so excited, and then it turns into a joke, and I was completely fooled by it. I was so surprised, and it was, <laughs> I was too. And it's like, and that's that's like the movie's statement of purpose. It's yeah. like, hey, we're gonna, you know, it'll be a little bit exciting, but we're gonna have some fun, most of all. <laughs> we're that's gonna a, have a good time. Yeah, yeah. So, and and if if you had any question about it. Uh, as the man takes the uh, cell phone call, uh, which uh, let's just acknowledge anyone that is a uh, uh, what do you call the people that do these recreations? Oh, a um, reenactor, a historical a reenactor. reenactor. Yeah. Anyone that's a historical reenactor would not not only have their ringer on, they would not have their cell phone with them. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's just like part of the oath you take when you become a reenactor. Yeah. OK, now you you said that I was pushing glasses up my face when I just corrected you on what war it was. And here you are correcting me on the, on the traditions and rituals of, uh, of reenactors. I'm not, I'm, not correct, I'm not correcting you. I'm correcting the movie. Okay, fine, um, fine. But it, it's, I think it's good because it's, it's setting you up for like, okay, don't take this shit too seriously. Mm-hmm. And as he's walking, like it's the perfect murder. She wrote beginning because as he takes the phone call, he walks away and where does he walk? He walks to the path that separates uh it's like the no man land between york county and maxville county yeah and in that like whose jurisdiction is this five foot stretch of road is a dead body yes yes (laughs) it's it's something so unless it was placed there so not likely to happen that it could only happen in a contrived uh whodunit sort of show there's like that one small section of Yellowstone where you could technically murder someone and get right. away with it because there's no one living there to impanel a jury or something. It's it's that it's that but smaller basically, and and get the <laughs> the one guy died right in it. Um, yeah. He's been and yeah. so you know you know without even having the sheriff's brought in, you know that that's going to fuel the conflict for the rest of the movie. And I'm like, okay, thank you, movie. First two minutes, I know exactly where I stand. Here we go. Yeah. And he and what's also just fun about this is that when, you know, when the cell phone first goes off, there's like a dead body lying on the ground near them. And then the body sits up and it like the guy is, oh, what's going on? Come on, guys, no phones. And then when the guy goes over and is taking the call, there's this other body he sees and he's going like, oh, hey, hey, dude, you can get up now. Like we're done or something like that. And the guy doesn't respond. And then, oh, my God. It's he's actually dead. And it's just yeah, it's like you said, it's a murder. She wrote set up. It's the first. Honestly, I feel like I saw this on an episode of Psych or Monk or something (laughs) like that. But it's great. Uh It's it's just it's a (laughs) it's a fun starting starting off point. And it just gets so much done so quickly. It does. I mean, it it hooks you into the familiar, too, where it's just like, okay, cool. Like, I don't have to worry about 
you know, a deeply complex storyline. I know exactly what I'm going to get out of this, and I can just kind of sit back and let it wash over me, which uh, <laughs> wash over me like it's uh, like a beer missing my mouth and rolling down my chest toward my stomach, <laughs> which doesn't get soaked up by my shirt because my shirt is open to my belly button. <laughs> yeah, but that but that's good. That's that's refreshing. It goes down your pants. It's kind of a cooling <laughs> action on a hot uh, hot Georgia night. Now let's get to the poker scene where we're, we go to the diner. We go back to Maddie's place. Uh, do we know the name of this diner? Yeah. I mean, it's the County line cafe, right? Or the County line, uh, County line barbecue, something like that. It's called something like that. It's named, I think named after the County line movies, which are popular in the universe of the, the County line movies. <laughs> if you, if you think about it too hard, who, it, <laughs> who is in, in, in the County line universe, who is Tom Wopat watching himself, who, who, is it like in uh, 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 Pee-wee's Big Adventure where Josh Brolin, uh, James Brolin, is playing Pee-wee? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's so is I it th- like, is it, I don't know, young Clint Eastwood playing Tom Wopat? I, I, I think in this universe, uh, uh, um, Chuck Norris is still alive, and it's him, actually. <laughs> I uh, mean, Chuck Norris is still alive. Is he still alive? Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, man, there's probably I'm maybe I'm in a Chuck Norris joke, and he's gonna like chain punch me or something like that. <laughs> Although I wouldn't put it past the 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 producers of this to cast uh uh you know Christian Chuck Norris as Tom Wopat's father. I you in know in a future movie. Uh, I also just want to make clear the reason that I don't remember if Chuck Norris is alive or dead is because he's an old man. So I've probably got him mixed up with some other old man who did die. So that's. <laughs> I'm fine. Everything's good with my brain. Um, okay. So they're they're at the County Line Cafe, and they are talking about the fact that uh, the former sheriff, whose name, mm-hmm. uh, for for just, you know, for all intents and purposes, is... Clint. 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 <laughs> that's, even, that's a character name, and you can't remember it. Yes, I cannot remember. I can't remember any, any of the... I can't remember the name of the actor who played Clint, nor can I remember Clint's name from one moment to the next. They talk about and, and how... Let me let me clarify real quick uh, and ask you. Uh, when you say they are talking about it, who's they and what are they doing at this cafe? Okay. Uh, so Sheriff Wolpat is at the County Line Diner, and he's hanging out with a bunch of his friends, most of them who are new friends, who are meeting for the first time. So there's his new deputy, Dante Hill who is uh, brainy and cool and uh, loves to play frisbee golf. Uh, there is the mayor of the town, Pete Burris. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, there is, like, what, the local the local DA or the former DA, who's kind of a long-haired hippie-type dude, yeah. is there with him. And don't expect yeah, me to remember former. all of these names, folk. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but they're all there, and they're all just sort of basically... The judge ha- is there, I think. The, the judge is wasn't there. Wasn't there a... Was it a judge or doctor from the previous one uh, happens to be? Oh, there. no. Yeah, the doctor. Like yeah, the, yeah, the, the doctor. Uh, yeah, above ground pool Al Roker is the one who's uh, <laughs> he, he was telling he was telling Tom Wopat so much in the previous movie. You need to eat better. You need to look out for your heart and everything. And now <laughs> yeah. he's back. Um, yeah. So the, so they're all sitting around and they are they're talking about the fact that uh, the former sheriff Clint of York County has uh, lost re-election and moved to the Florida Keys with his wife. And out, mm-hmm. that, that's too bad. Bye. He's gone. <laughs> and they're also talking about the fact that his successor, Sheriff uh, Joanne Porter, is a little more <clears throat> difficult for Sheriff Wopat to work with. It's totally not because she's a woman. I mean, no. a woman could do any job. <laughs> well, you know, and 
the but the movie the movie acknowledges that though the movie acknowledges that I, and i think part well, of the well, character <laughs> development of the movie is the movie is is the movie saying like well hey actually actually kind of kind of you're right there is some sexism I, at play here let's try and be better people even if we're old guys I, I have a note about that once we get to more of Alden and Joanne Porter's relationship, uh, friendship, uh, partnership, let's call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, it stuck out like a sore thumb to me, but uh, all in due time. And lest we forget the the uh, elusive, potentially, I mean, we know he's a criminal, but uh, they've never been able to quite... Uh, uh, nail this um, businessman. I'm using mm-hmm. big time air quotes. Uh, Zach Van Sant from the previous movie. Yeah, the the Napoleon of crime. Yes, he's uh, <laughs> the, he's been bedeviling them literally since high school, and always always man- <laughs> manages to weasel away. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, he comes by and. Uh, I, I don't even know what does he do. He just uh, he he basically just talks tough to them for a minute, and uh, yeah. and and Sheriff Wopat swears <laughs> that he'll get him. He didn't get me. Yeah. Um. I mean, is this is this the point then when when we're interrupted by by the fateful phone call from Scooter? Yeah. The, yes. It is. And, and and okay. So we don't again don't have to go chronologically here, but uh, we get the call. It turns out Scooter, who you wondered whether or not would be in this movie, and uh, I just want to ask you right now. Are you satisfied with the amount of scooter you got in this movie? I I got I got the optimal <laughs> amount of uh, of scooter content. I really have to I have to tell you, I, yeah. I the thing about scooter that I didn't mention last time that was on my mind very much is that no like no no mother holding her newborn baby in her arms looks at it and says you know I, I'm gonna name you scooter with a K, <laughs> not with a C with a K S K O O T E R. It's just this guy and the Muppet. Look, you don't name your kid Scooter if you want that kid to be someone who people like look up to and and respect. And <laughs> respect. Yeah, it's a you're yeah. like Scooter on the Muppets and Scooter in the County Line. Uh, Always going to be second universe. banana. Yeah, they're like and Scooter's job. It's funny to me because Scooter in the last movie was a guy who worked at a junkyard, a guy in his like fifties who's kind of a simpleton who works at a junkyard and just wants to help out. And in this movie. He's a cop now, and He's a t- <laughs> and they just kind of like put yeah. that out there and don't really explain it at all, which I really love actually. Yeah, and it's it's extra confusing because he's the one that calls it in, but the the <laughs> he calls it in and they arrive on the scene, and Scooter is one of the reenactors. <laughs> he's yeah. dressed in British. Uh, British militia gear, uh, uh, regalia. Yeah, yeah, like he's a red coat or something. There's a whole joke about him, like he was supposed to play Benedict Arnold, but then then he got demoted to play some other uh, some other British general. Like there's a Revolutionary War joke in the first five minutes of this movie that goes over my head. I I I I, I love that writing. I I genuinely like that a lot. Every every scene in this movie, I'm gonna bludgeon this point home. Every scene in this movie is fun. Every scene in this movie ends with a pithy line uh that and and it's it's just it's enjoyable watching it's enjoyable watching people interact with each other yeah. because their their dialogue is really good and kind of and it can have some surprises in it and it can be kind of funny and yeah. uh and it's also and also i really kind of enjoy a lot of the performances and how people are interacting with each other they look like they're all having fun and i i think it's worth saying that and this is going to be the second time i bring up Tom Wopat's appearance, because when he arrives on the scene here, he, he's the star of the movie, Landon. We're going to bring he, up Tom Wopat's appearance. I, I mean, I can only refer to him as Sheriff Wopat. I mean, not him appearing in this movie, but his appearance, physical appearance. In oh, this. I see. 
he already arrives on the scene with his shirt so unbuttoned. He's gained weight. His face is drooping. His nose looks like it's like he kind of looks like he's been drinking. I, I'm not gonna lie. He does not look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he's investigating the scene before uh, uh, Sheriff Porter arrives and we're introduced to her character, uh, he's looking around uh, at you know the murdered person and looking for a exit wound, I guess, looking for the bullet. And uh, he sees a musket ball in a tree. When he's walking over to it, he like he's reaching in his pocket for a knife to mm-hmm. to start to dig the bullet out of the tree, the musket ball out of the tree. And as he's pulling his knife out, he's like, oh, "Okay," and I'm like, "Oh, my God. okay, this is the level we're working at with uh, with this character." Like he's getting. He's making getting off the couch noises, just getting a knife out of his pocket. A, a lot of the fight scenes in this movie are the they they happen in the dark, and uh, <laughs> and, and and you know one minute it's Tom Wopat, and the next minute it's the outline of someone roughly Tom Wopat's size who's yes. very agile and capable in a, in a fist fight. But you uh, know what? I I give them props, which you know it's coming up in like not only four minutes from the scene, the first fight scene between them, it is a stylish fight scene. Yes. So just, uh, uh, we'll, we'll kind of alternate back and forth here, but the way that this, uh, this murder scene, ha- you know, transpires is, uh, he's been called in and, uh, Tom Wopat has been called in, uh, and the other, uh, Sheriff Porter from York County has been called in. This is right on the county line. Whose jurisdiction is it? We got to work together. No, he's mostly on my line. Tom Wopat, you're going to, you know, stick uh, to your own shit. Yeah. It, she's very standoffish and very by the book and is also hounding Scooter for not being in his police uniform. And like, she's <laughs> very, very, very strict. Like what a buzzkill. Yeah. Am I right? She's not a fun barbecue sheriff like we like. <laughs> Uh, but of course, Tom Wopat can't just let that go, so he begins investigating on his own. Uh, I think the the same exact line from the previous movie was repeated, uh, where he says, "Well, I can't just let this go, so why don't I start investigating it on my own?" And thus begins. That's the the first Patricia Richardson scene where he's he's talking to her at the diner, going, "What am I going to do about this?" Well, I guess uh, uh, she can't do anything about it if I find him first. And uh, thus begins his private investigation in a county he doesn't have jurisdiction in. Mind you, there's probably plenty of crimes happening in his own county where there is like this. Oh, my God. Endless family of Prattler brothers. There's Zach Van Zandt, the the criminal like who stared you down and threatened you. We don't see one of those gangs from the previous movie in this at all. My biggest note for this whole movie is like. Almost everything is happening in York County, and Sheriff Wopat is <laughs> going over his county line to either work with her or against her, uh, or undermine her, I should say. Yeah. And my biggest note is like, dude, you have a entire county to sheriff. Why? <laughs> There's got to be something happening in your 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 jurisdiction. Why are you completely bereft of your own service here? And also, let's look look at the events of the last movie. He loses. His election for sheriff because he is challenged by someone who says you don't take the job very seriously. You mostly bullshit around and do whatever you want. Yes. He then he then miraculously is able to get his old job back by by fumbling his way through solving the attempted murder of his friend Sheriff Clint. And then in this movie, having been reelected sheriff, he is has not learned anything and is not like he his the, be, being out of office taught him nothing at yeah. all. 
so, I mean, uh, I think a good example of that is the very first thing he does in investigating. And this is the thing. Like, he goes to a law office. I don't know why. I don't know how I, he I, knew to go there. Like, the, the details the, don't matter. The man who died was a sleazy local lawyer who represented a lot of thugs working for Zach Van Zant. He is going to this guy, sort of the Saul Goodman okay. of, of the counties. Uh, he's going to this guy's office to look for clues as to who might have wanted him dead. I missed those details. All I knew was he's going to investigate on his own. Uh, you, How he arrived here and why he's there, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I'm still enjoying it. Okay, so I, I have tr I get I get characters and actors' names mixed up, but I will say that going into this movie, I was aware of what happened to the old sheriff and also the the, the direction <laughs> the investigation was going in and why. So we, we pick That's up on different together, things. We make one good podcast. Yeah, we we, we make one uh, media consumer. Um, <laughs> So yes, he but he encounters somebody there straight up watergating that place, and they get into yeah. a fist fight. Yeah, and so this is what I was uh, talking about, where like I give the direction of this a lot of props. Like, yes. it, this is a stylish fight scene. They're they're throwing fists. The second you know it's initially uh, lit by a flashlight, so the flashlight goes out, then it's dark, and then of course you get the stunt person in there. But yeah. like they're throwing each other against the walls, and yeah. The lights are flickering on and off. Like that's it's, really cool. It looks really, good. Really, a well-directed fight scene. Like this is almost born level. You feel you feel watching it like the the director and the DP were very much like this is one scene where we really can do what we want to do. We have control. Yeah. Like this is this is the scene that we want them to remember this movie by. Yeah, exactly. And I do. Uh, this is one of the thing one of the the scenes that really stuck with me. And it's a short scene. I mean, it's just like a couple fisticuffs, but they they pack it with so much style. Uh like there's a moment when um when he gets thrown against the wall, Tom Wopek gets thrown against the wall and like the dry raw wall cracks behind him and mm -hmm. he falls out of uh, frame. Clearly yeah. it was the, the stunt person, but then Tom Wopat rises back up in the frame and like wipes his mouth of blood. There's mm -hmm. no blood there because it's a, you know, PG movie, but he, he wipes uh, the drool away. The combat drool. He wipes yes. The drool. And yeah, uh, like it, it's, it's a pretty great scene. And then he gets conked on the head and you know, the people get away, you, but you love, you love to see it folks. Every, every movie, every movie, the guy, the detective getting conked on the head. Not yet. <laughs> you don't get those answers yet. Gotta keep searching. After that, he's like, he's nursing his wound at home and like, he's got an ice pack on his head and he looks at himself in the mirror and he's like judging how big his stomach has come out. Like it's a, the movie acknowledging that he's kind of like. I wouldn't say letting himself go, but just changing. Yeah. It goes a long way for the direction of this, uh, that fight scene in particular, where, like, when he was making the, the noises, pulling the knife out of his pocket, I'm like, oh, I feel like Tom Wopat is going to get his ass kicked. Like, he has a shirt unbuttoned to, like, elude tough guy. Oh, so <laughs> but it, if one one punch to his gut and he's down for the count. So I, I, I feared for him in this movie, but they did such a great job of that. Uh, fight scene that I forgot about that for a second. I, I think the, the I think the unbuttoned shirt is is part of it. I think the unbuttoned shirt is like I am a man who has nothing to lose. I have I have nothing to hide. <laughs> I am as you find me. <laughs> Try it. Um, oh my god. I, I did like that, and I feel like that is one of many ways that this movie has kind of more heart to it than the previous yeah. one did. The previous movie, a lot of the meat and potatoes of it was kind of gravelly talking about the, you know, the county and the law and my daddy told me. And this movie has right, more kind right. of, it has kind of 
lighthearted moments and affectionate mm-hmm. moments between friends. And it has moments like this of some vulnerability and a thing that has dogged uh, the character of Sheriff Wopat for, you know, a couple movies is this notion that he's too old for this shit. He shouldn't be doing this anymore. <laughs> okay, this is, I think this really, if you are at all, like, not sure yet how to uh, picture Tom Wopat in this movie, he really looks like a washed up wrestler. Like he, he exudes a little bit of Mickey Rourke in the wrestler. That would be, this movie would make way more sense if he was a, uh, just a former wrestler. Not even if he was a sheriff, like if he was just (laughs) investigating this in his capacity as an unemployed ex wrestler, you could leave the rest of it in place. (laughs) Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, we forgot to mention too, the, the the level at which this movie's working on the medical examiner of the crime scene was also a reenactor just just by coincidence yes yes uh, <laughs> basically everyone in this town is a reenactor also we need to talk for a second about the reenactors okay. because we're going to start meeting the reenactors okay. soon so yes 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 out of the, out of costume yes yeah yeah we're, he's going to start interviewing them as suspects in the murder case and there are so many fun character details in this movie for example his his uh, dete- uh, his deputy uh, uh whose name I have once again forgotten, uh, Dante Hill, uh, you know, Dante loves Hill. Frisbee golf and and, and yep. has a lot of kind of like quippy comebacks and he's got a criminology degree and he, he can hold his own. And then yep. with these reenactors who they go and they talk to, each one of them is their own fun kind of dorky idiot. And <laughs> that's great. And then also is the fact that the kind of historical reenacting they're doing is not a kind I've ever heard of where... Like, my, my understanding is, like, it, we're actors, we all have a role to play, like, I'm going to fall down now because this is the point that we've rehearsed where, like, my rifle company has been shot. <laughs> right. These guys, right. they're talking about it kind of like it's something more akin to paintball where they're saying, like, they're talking right. about the guy who was murdered and they said, oh, he was a he was a terrible reenactor. Every time you'd point your gun at him and shoot him, he'd you could shoot him a million times and he'd just keep walking at you. You'd never fall down and die. And it's like, so wait, you guys don't. It's literally just a bunch of kids running around, like, pointing finger guns at each other going, Pew, you're dead! You're dead! No, you're dead! But they're wearing period-accurate Revolutionary War garb. That is pretty much how Tom Wopat acts as sheriff. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Only, unfortunately, with a real gun. Yeah, he's like a Cowboy Times reenactor who just can't can't be asked to, like, put on a hat or not drive a truck around to everything. Just pretend it's a horse. (laughs) There's a moment... There's a moment before he starts uh, interviewing um, everybody uh, where he's back. It's the second time we're we're with Maddie uh, at her cafe, Patricia Richardson. And um, it's just a shot on him, on Tom Wopat at the end of the bar. And he's just like kind of it's not quite mumbling, but he's just kind of talking about like everything that's happened up to this point. And we're only 10 minutes into the movie, but yeah. he's like. <laughs> talking about the reenactors he's talking about uh you know doing his investigation and he's just kind of like mumbling to himself and he looks like a fucking crazy person at the end of the bar <laughs> like you can't see he's not like maddie's off in the distance he's not really talking directly to anyone he's just kind of muttering to himself and i'm like that combined with just the physical change <laughs> tom Wopat in this uh, i'm like okay we're we're just dealing with a completely different character now i i mean but also because he and maddie are officially a couple now like they're they're holding hands and smooching gently on the forehead and yeah. stuff and so i mean maybe it's a case of he's in a relationship now he's just kind of letting it go it's like all right let's just settle in he's not he's not cruising the cruising the honky tonks anymore he's he's yeah yeah he's, he's settled true. down 
Um, but then, so then he goes to, uh, he starts his investigations by going to start with Scooter. And uh, he's bringing Scooter um, a lunch that Maddie made him. And I love, <laughs> I don't know why I love this detail, but uh, Scooter opens up his little styrofoam container of hot a hot meal and mm-hmm. notices that a biscuit is gone. <laughs> and uh, Tom Wopat goes, oh, you should probably question the, the delivery. The delivery driver. <laughs> the, yeah, which is him. And so it's like, did you just admit to stealing one of his biscuits? <laughs> yes, he he did. He admitted it in the cutest way, and he did. And and Scooter fully doesn't understand. Fully, he, he does not <laughs> register like, "Hey, you ate my biscuit." He just goes with it. Scooter, a very endearing character who I like quite oh a my lot. God. Um, and I love. I also noticed like Tom Wopat's shirt. We talked about it being really open, but it it gets more open the further this movie goes. Like. He he undoes a button from the first scene to this next scene that uh, when he starts interrogating some people. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean that's to. I mean I think again that's to show them nothing to lose, or it's to kind of entice them and say, "Hey, you can trust me." <laughs> or I think you mean uh, no. Uh, uh, it's Sheriff Rockwell. No fear. Mm, yes, of course, of course. Yeah. No. <laughs> the, the third movie in this series is just going to be him defiantly standing with his shirt. Literally, completely unbuttoned, but tucked into his shirt, uh, his pants. <laughs> and then the way that they start setting up for the next trilogy is th- is that the 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 buckle of his belt is undone, and then that's starting oh, to no. hint oh, at no. it, what, what's going to happen next. I mean, look, it, <laughs> it, we keep watching them; they'll keep making them, Landon. Um, um, I want to ask uh, while we get into the in, uh, questioning. I said interrogating, but I meant questioning. Yeah. Of the the reenactors, we get a dentist at one point, but then he starts talking to uh, someone at the diner. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about uh, that guy's shirt. Oh, okay. Before we we talk about that guy's shirt, I want to continue with. Uh, I want to continue in- introducing our shadow cast for this movie. The guy who okay, he's okay. questioning at the diner, who is the head of the reenactment society, uh, yeah. that is uh, outdoor RV cover Elliot Kalen playing that role. Um, <laughs> I, it's just wearing wearing a shirt that Randy and Brad would wear in 1997 uh, on an episode of Home Improvement. What, what is the? I did not. I was not focused on the shirt because it was focused on on coming up with my with my alternate name for him what is the tell me about the shirt the shirt is like it's just uh a, i don't know i don't even know how to describe it it's uh kind of almost a butterfly collar like a i, I think i described it on home improvement as like uh uh the kind of 60s or 70s hippie meets the rave culture of the late 90s mm-hmm. uh, certainly both of those things are out of date for a 2022 film. Uh, it's just a lot of like black circles over brown circles and a really wide unbuttoned collar. Uh, it's a very unhip shirt. Yes. I, it, well, Pat's looking at it like this fool put on a shirt over a shirt that was being unbuttoned. What's he doing covering that up? <laughs> uh, this is a, this is a fun interrogation though, because this guy is just running his mouth and talking about, well, yes, I mean, I did say that I wanted to kill him, but I just, I, it's because he was such a bad reenactor and he did this and that. I, you know, I'd never do such a thing. It was just an exaggeration and he's getting all, all, this is the, this is the closest thing this movie has, I think, to a Jewish person in the way that they are, they are positioning him and characterizing him. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, you don't actually think that I, I did it though, do you? And, and Wopat is just staring at him, stone cold staring at him the entire time. And after he asks that, he just looks at him for a long few seconds and goes nah 
you're not that stupid. Or like, you're, criminals are stupid, but you're not that stupid. <laughs> criminals are stupid, but not this stupid. And the guy just right. goes, thanks. And it's, I don't, it's just so much more fun <laughs> than what we had in the last movie where it would have just been him making a big intimidating speech and the guy yeah. shrinking. This he just, he conveys with a look. And this is one of the places where Wopat's performance I find a lot better than the last movie. Like, he's... He's selling the role. He seems to be more invested in the rich and nuanced character of yeah. Sheriff Wopat. He's not trying as much. He's just kind of like living in the character, which is uh, nice to see. Um, I have a note here that I thought was funny at the time, and now I can't remember what it's about. It's okay. just the note is simply IPA. His his uh, his deputy, uh, Deputy Hill, at one point yeah. brings him a six-pack of IPA brand IPAs oh, from yeah, that new microbrewery right. yeah. in town. My, the- my, the shorthand for that for myself was just like uh, uh, the the production company going, make sure you hit the, the demographic checklist. So we definitely want to appeal to people who like IPAs. The guys that are sitting on the couch falling asleep to this movie on Sunday afternoons. Uh, with an IPA in their hand, make sure that we they they feel seen. Yeah, yeah, you know this this character is younger, therefore he's yeah. into that. Also, the, the, one of the interesting things about this movie, and this is why I speak to its low budget, is that there's kind of allusions to there being other things in this county. You know, other restaurants like oh, there's a microbrewery. Okay, like you know, or like the, <laughs> you know, the mayor of is there a city? We don't yes. ever really see it, but this movie mostly takes place at like warehouses and in the woods and inside yes. police stations. And That's so what I was saying last time, they do such a great job of world building. Like I can feel the stories emanating like this is a 25 book series waiting to happen this is but this is i feel like this is you in the cave chained up looking at the shadow of yourself on the wall (laughs) and saying like this is so great they've built up so much stuff there could be 25 books about these shadows it's such a such a rich world of these shadows but it's like we we don't actually see the source of the shadows we're not actually seeing i know that's what i'm saying they they leave those gaps for us to go and fill in. So you know we can create the city that the mayor is of. We can we can I don't know we can create the the microbrewery. Like maybe a murder happens in the microbrewery. A murder in the microbrewery they'll call it. I guess the we- the the brewer comes in one day and he's like, man, this beer tastes sour. What the fuck happened? And he opens up the the container, the big vat, and he finds a dead body inside. That's uh, that's kind of rowdy, though. I mean, that's that's a little more disgusting than this than this series well, you, normally gets. Like a guy is you, drinking you can, like dead body juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in books you can get a little more uh, you can get a little more graphic. Uh, uh, you don't have to worry about a kid walking in on it. Mommy, what's that? D- Dad, wake up! Why is he drinking that? <laughs> I, I sometimes I I question my mom because she's like. You like that horror? What's you're so gross? What's wrong with you for liking horror? And I'm like, and then I read something like Undue Influence, and I'm like, motherfucker, there are people like being blown to bits. You're talking about rape. Things are getting blown up. Like your shit is no worse than mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I would hope that that Undue Influence is not the uh, yardstick by which we measure ourselves as a as a society or as our as our artistic no. output. No, but I'm just saying, you know, there are 
more graphic depictions of what happens in these kind of procedural thrillers uh, books than there are in horror films. I, okay, I know, and I will agree with you there. Uh, and I guess I think again that is part of the charm of this is that it's never really, uh, it's never too nasty, it's never too too torture porny or really even right. remotely torture porny. It almost feels like a yeah, like an old timey melodrama, like a girl almost gets thrown off of a cliff. Oh, a woman, a woman in her mid thirties, is almost thrown off of a cliff. And uh, <laughs> but if we were writing it, I think we can be a little more graphic about it. Is all I'm saying. I, I, I agree. I agree. So okay, when we when we launch our alternate career as the authors <laughs> of the County Line series, uh, look, which I can't I, wait for. Speaking of this universe, I will write the world first book on out. spec. Okay, that's good. I, you know what? If we get a deal, that's when I'll start working. I mean, I'm I'm barely even okay, willing to do right. writing for my own for my own personal edification at this point. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna do it for anybody else unless I'm paid. Um, okay. I want to talk about Sheriff Joanne Porter, the person who yeah we haven't talked about her a lot. Former sheriff, Let's do it. Sheriff Clint. Yeah, so she's played by um, Kelsey actress. Crane. Kelsey Crane. Yes, uh, not. The uh, uh, lost daughter of Frazier, unfortunately. No, no, I, I wish. It would make sense, given uh, given some of the things that went down on that show. Um, so, for, <laughs> first off, uh, her character, uh, also known as Timeshare Kristen Wiig. Uh, so, she is, she is young. She is a former state trooper who ran against, uh, ran against Clint in the last election and one. And I want to talk for a second about this. This is a thing that the movie really okay. glosses over and that I okay. think we need to talk about because if you'll remember in the original County Line film, uh Sheriff Clint uh is nearly assassinated by a uh like deep local corruption ring that he was investigating and they they shoot him and nearly <laughs> kill him to try and stop him. Right. And then yes, he yes. he helps he helps his friend basically blow this whole thing up and bring them down and he recovers and he's back. And so basically you're telling me that after that happened, after he did that, she ran for sheriff against him and said, as is outlined <laughs> in this movie, Hey guys, this guy sucks. Actually, he's too old to do the job. He's no good at it. You should elect me instead. Uh, the mayor of the city does not endorse her. He endorses Clint and this is, and they don't like each other. Even then she beats Sheriff Clint, I, I want to say that Sheriff Joanne Porter is a god-tier politician to have pulled this off. She is the first female <laughs> sheriff of York County. She, yeah. sh she didn't just shatter the glass ceiling. She shattered the glass ceiling with, like, a local hero sitting on top of it <laughs> in, in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. Well, yeah. Uh, well, we know we, we've seen the, the tides turning in Georgia, uh, you know, as we... <laughs> There's evidence of this county line universe. Everyone in power in this town is the kind of rich white patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then this and then this other white lady who they get who who gets I guess well I guess she's not part of the yeah she's not part of the patriarchy. Um, that's true. You've got me there. She's not part of the patriarchy. I, so does, she, I'm just saying she's Stacey Abram Abraming this this whole thing it, she is she is uh stacy abramed in a uh, a whole new uh a, a whole new era in the uh, governance of or the law enforcement of york county it's just yeah i don't know it, it, i mean i'm just surprised that the 2018 blue wave reached <laughs> this far into rural georgia because i i didn't think that that was uh, going on much outside atlanta but look good for her uh girl boss i think that i i like her character uh, a lot i think that she and sheriff wopat play off each better play off each better play off each other so much better than he and sheriff clint did because 
I think, yeah. and I think that that's you know really the, the kind of the genius of this movie is that the uh, the like the it's not interesting to watch two old guys kind of growling at each other. I know they had kind of a sweet <laughs> friendship, but just seeing yeah. them break balls and rib each other and go back and forth and make jokes about pig farming is not as good as watching him bickering with someone who is very smart and very capable and ideologically yeah. different from him in the way she approaches police work. Like, that conflict is more fun, and it has a platonic Sam and Diane kind of energy to it that I like. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's break the chronological spectrum that we're in and, and really just talk about their their dynamic. In, in case of long podcast, break chronological spectrum. <laughs> uh Every scene that they're in... Oh, okay. So, I, I don't even know where to start with this. First of all, the second that we're introduced to her and that she expresses a little bit of contempt for Sheriff Wopat, uh, I know it's easy for me to say this after the fact, but my note very early on was she's going to end up in the poker game at the end of this. Mm -hmm. oh, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. This is not a movie that surprises you, except when it's telling no. you that it's the Revolutionary <laughs> War, but then it isn't. <laughs> Like that's uh, it's like it's like Columbo. The, the the you know you know that she's going to end up at the poker table. The the fun of it is finding out how she ends up at the poker table. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, the every scene between him and her through this film has a flavor of, uh, and every capital letter for every word of the sentence. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> <laughs> yes like things aren't gonna be the same as they were when clint your buddy was here yes uh tom i'm sorry there's no straight line here i know the county line seems to be straight at least in maddie's diner it does but uh you you ain't gonna be walking that line today mm -hmm. yeah she is doing a better job of advocating for the case that the the uh, new sheriff in the old movie was making, despite being super corrupt, is that p there's more to police work than just hanging out and eating barbecue with your bro. And in this case, it's like, yeah, she's actually a really competent detective and investigator and police officer. And and she is sort of rightfully upset that he is just hanging out with his shirt unbuttoned, eating barbecue all the time and and fucking around in her county. I think she even says at some point, you have your own county. Go do shit in your county. Uh, <laughs> and which aligns with my note. What the fuck does he do in his own fucking county? Yes. Also, what happened? she doesn't say that specifically. It's a PG movie, but. Uh, that is definitely the undertones. <laughs> and what happened? Uh, what happened to the pigs? He had three pigs in the last movie, and they're oh, gone. That's right. He was a yeah. pig farmer. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he—he's not eating bacon in this, so uh, okay. It's hard to say. No. Maybe well, maybe he was too tempting for him. Yeah. Maybe maybe he had a really in those five years since the last movie he had a really dark moment. His his daughter was overseas uh, in a war conflict and uh, he was just laying low. Maybe he had a really awkward moment with Maddie at the at the diner. She was looking out for his health and he said something offhand to her and it got awkward and he just had a you know dark moment of the soul moment at home alone one night after drinking and he's like I could use some fucking bacon. I got some pigs out back. <laughs> I mean, I know the doctor says I'm going to have a heart attack soon, but <laughs> fuck it. If I'm going to go out, I want to go out eating what I like. I want to see 
that as like a short film, like kind of a, a kind of a prequel I, thing, or this like is what I'm talking about. Put, we put can this, write those stories. Put put that put that on Insp as like a little kind of interstitial <laughs> or like a 15 minute special. Like I want Insp to start doing. You know, doing Pig Farm, a county line story, and it's like a bunch of little episodes <laughs> that fill in other details of the universe and hype up the next big, big it's installment. All from the pig's perspective. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. They get Bong Joon Ho to make it. It's one of them, them Okjas. Uh,. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and I think that also, because going into this movie, and like, oh god, it's okay, it's, this movie is for, you know, older white guys, that's the target audience, and we're going into this movie. If you want to know, if you want to know about the demographic of this movie, there is about a minute and a half of dialogue talking about the origins of the musket. (laughs) Yes, yes, there is, there is a lot of gun talk. my, my. My note about that was, I think, I, don't, I can't remember if he was talking to Scooter about it, but there's, like, they, it just, like, cuts in in the middle of a conversation. They're talking about the origin of a musket. And my note was, is this the History Channel water cooler talk? <laughs> like, did you see uh, the weapons that made America? Yeah, last night. Yeah, it's you know it, it, they're visiting they're they're visiting a whole lot of pawn shops in this in this episode. <laughs> well, yet yet another commercial fisherman has died. I guess we got to go interview all of the the other guys on his boat. Um, so uh, I, going into this movie and thinking, you know, oh, this yeah. is this is a movie for a certain audience. Oh, it's going to be him paired up with a female sheriff. Oh, geez, yeah. I'm I'm worried about where this is going to go. I'm worried about mm. what kind of Tim Allen territory we're going to get into with this. <laughs> I was really yeah. pleasantly surprised by this movie. Like, I I feel mm. like, I, like t- so Tom, you know, Sheriff Wopat is initially pretty dismissive of Sheriff Porter and doesn't want to, you know, doesn't yes. want to work with her and is kind of going behind her back and just doesn't think she's up to the job. And he's never really, like, saying it in so many words, but he clearly just doesn't doesn't respect they, they her. They tow the and line of misogyny the county and line. sexism. They tow the county line really well. Like, they, I actually think it's a pretty deft writing job of not making it a movie stance, but a, a kind of ignorant character stance of, like, I'm not yeah. intentionally against women doing jobs but i'm used to things being a certain way i i want to give the movie props for that i i they there is a moment that i think is very ham-fisted uh and i have questions about but well i'll just get into it because we're not going chronological but there's a there's a moment later on i think he's talking to his daughter yeah and he's talking to his daughter who returns from the previous film And, and, and returns from the war in afghanistan to visit yep. him. Uh, you know, got to hit that demographic as well. The He's talking to her, and he's complaining about Sheriff Porter. And they he makes this big point about, like, well, it, it's not that she's a woman. You know, it, it's, you know, just how she, she sheriffs. Uh, you know, because women, of course, can do that job, too. I'm not saying that. And I know you, you kind of alluded to that earlier. But for me, that moment was like, Really? The, the the audience of this is, like, still stuck on that argument. That's what we have to kind of normalize. Like, no well, shit. I feel like we're having that conversation in the 80s. Why are we talking about women can do it, too? Of course they can do it. We're, we're way beyond that conversation. Well, I mean, I think that I, I the way that I read it is that, like, he, is, he has been talking about his professional problems with 
Sheriff Porter, and then his daughter brings up, like, well, are you sure it's really that, or is it the fact that, that she's a woman? And he initially dismisses it and says, no, 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 I'm not saying a woman can't be a sheriff, that's fine. But then his daughter, like, and his daughter then just, like, goes on and explains to him, no, this is a thing that happens to me, and, like, it's harder for women to be yeah. taken seriously, and, all, and explains to him about it. And he... Like, maybe this is me reading more into his performance. Maybe this is me uh, giving the movie too much credit. But he kind of, like, is sort of dismissive and is like, no, I don't think that's, no, I don't think that's it at all. But then, like, a scene or two later, he's talking to Sheriff Porter and she opens up about how, like, she was getting death threats as soon as she started running for sheriff and how people don't take her seriously and how she, you know, like, she needs to solve this murder case so that she will be taken seriously and, like, can prove herself to the county and she wants people to, to have faith in her. And Wopat is, like, moved by that and then that affects how he treats her and then he makes her, like, he starts respecting her and getting to know her better and makes her a more equal partner in the investigation. I, that sh- suggests well, to me that, like, he's he's at least internalized the message from his daughter and he's, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I think for I'm a not, movie I'm like this... That. I'm grading it on a curve. I mean, I, I think that's... I, I'm not... I wouldn't that approach I'm not necessarily taking umbrage with. It's it's more that like that's the thing that they're making the argument against, not like I, I don't know, something that is more a little more topical because I feel like it's just like whether a woman can or cannot do it and that's what we're trying to normalize in terms of the conversation of the character coming to terms with so that the audience kind of can you know see oh that's where we're at in the zeitgeist. That kind of depressed me. Like, if it was something a little... If they started with death threats, if they started with violence or unequal pay or something else, it's just like... this is the the conversation we're currently having. You know, I think I think you're I think you were a asking too much of County Line to all in a uh, movie made by Insp <laughs> that is eighty six minutes long. I and I also think that I think the fact that this movie touched on that and talked about that at all i think is pretty cool that it's just like a thing that was mentioned because you wouldn't expect that from a movie made by like what a tammy faye baker's former production company (laughs) and that primarily targets rural uh conservative christian viewers so uh well yeah i i I guess that's just what i don't know you're right but it's also what depressed me and you know maybe maybe i just can't let go of trying to hold things up to higher standards like I just wish the line, the county line huh? that we're trying to tow was a little further down. It's just like, well, we're never quite going to get anywhere where we're going to make progress if in 2022 I... we're arguing whether or not a woman <laughs> can do something. We're, like, we're not. No shit. No, but Landon, this this movie isn't like Congress isn't voting on whether to make this movie reality, <laughs> though. It's like this is this is they one should. simple movie that paints in very broad strokes. Like this I is know, not. I know. This is not the. I like. I get. I get what you mean, and I agree with you. Yes. Like you know the the concept of yeah, can a woman do it? Of course, a woman can do it. Is stupid, but also it's like this is a you know this is a broad strokes it, movie about an old man who lives in a rural I know, southern I know. town. It, to me, and it likes was, guns it, it's, and pigs. It's it's the same like i don't know it, it's it feels so out of date that it's just like well i know that she can vote and everything but should she be holding sheriff's office like that it, it feels the same thing to me where it's just like uh, you're making an argument that is you know decades out of date and maybe maybe that's that is just me but i don't know whatever I, it, it bothered me a to a little I, degree. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I and hopefully some of these issues will be uh, resolved in uh, in County Line Three. No fear <laughs> of the patriarchy. 
Um, uh, okay, but, here's where I want to take this. I want to. Yeah. I'll, I'll veer this away uh, to some more. I, I want to ask just some more broadstroke questions, stroke questions about sequels. Yes. I want. I don't have the answer, but I want your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Sequels usually go in one of two directions. I would say in the last twenty-five years, a sequel has gone more toward getting a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. Than its original, than its predecessor. I would say in the 80s and before, if it's a sequel, it's usually like your budget's cut in half. You're going from an A-list star to a TV star. You're, you know, like. Yeah, um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this sequel compared to the first one? I mean. Do you think it's a bigger budget? Do you think it's a smaller budget? It, what do you What do you think? It's a bigger budget. There is there is a little more budget for this that allows them to do things like, you know, have the have the shooting days that they don't have to just have Patricia Richardson walk into every scene, stand completely still, and deliver a line. They can have her like sit <laughs> or down. Or tote a shotgun. Yeah, or tote a shotgun. Yeah, but like they're you know people people in kind of you know sitting down and talking and uh, together or like moving around a little bit more in scenes the opening scene with that like there's more there's a little bit more budget here and it's not like a doubling in the budget but maybe they got like 15 percent more budget to just kind of smooth some of the edges i almost feel like it's the same budget i mean like i would say quality wise it feels exactly the same as the previous one. There are less shootouts in this but there are more explosions in this one so well, i kind of feel one. like they traded they traded the the budge for ammo for you know the budge for explosives. They they traded the the budge for uh for people holding up a gun and then the camera cutting away and a bang sound to <laughs> the budge for uh, yeah the the cheapest explosion you can download from Adobe. Uh, I I I don't know. I mean, they certainly did well, and also no. I think there's more budge actually, also because they've grown out the world. They have, you know, mm. they have Deputy Hill, uh, who he can talk to and explain things to. There's, mm. you know, th- there's more other characters in this. There's like a, a whole new crop of prattlers in there. I, it mm-hmm. just, you know, feels like uh, I I think that this movie and the next one are going to are going to have the exact same budget. But I think that this one they brought in the new director and the new writer, different from the first film, and we're basically <laughs> like, okay. Here's what we're going to give you. We'll give you a little more money than the other guys had. Your proven talents yeah. go, you know, go go work magic. Go go make County Line 2. Go all in, if you will. <laughs> uh, so should we talk about Patricia Richardson or should we talk more about the investigation and kind of just give broad strokes of where it goes? <laughs> okay, I mean, give broad strokes of the, the investigation. We have to talk about Patricia Richardson at some point, though. Th- that's, that's, that's what we're here to do, yes. Okay. Yeah. As the investigation continues, it's a lot of uh, Sheriff Wopat first uh, unauthorized snooping around in York County uh, outside his jurisdiction. And then eventually uh, he and Sheriff Porter start working together uh, and kind of trying to cooperate because they recognize they both have something to gain from this. And uh, the the investigation kind of points towards Zach Van Zant, who uh, in this case is Kroger brand Alec Baldwin, uh, in case you were wondering. <laughs> uh, but then no sooner have they gotten a rest warrant and gone after him than he gets blown up in a squad car in a car bombing out of nowhere. And then the rest of the movie kind of stops being about, let's find the guy who killed the guy at the uh, at the reenactment. And it becomes, wait, why did Zach Van Zant get blown up? Who wanted to kill the criminal okay. mastermind? This is... I think the biggest misstep this movie takes because Vax and Sant, Zach Van Sant. Vac, yeah, uh, yeah, Vax Vac Van Sant. Yeah. 
<laughs> vacuum Andy sand. sand. Yes. Um, is to me like he needs to be the shadow background flavor of all county line movies. Yes. They they like didn't utilize him much in the first movie. He's here just to kind of give a red herring to this movie. And like I feel no resolution. Like I never got to the bottom of what his deal was. <laughs> I wanted it it felt like it was leading toward you know the third movie really being about his influence over this county. Yes, that the, he's the sort of uh, he's the what the the Emperor Palpatine uh, of of this. Like he, it, it's it's yes. Star Wars Episode One. It's just like oh, yeah. he seems like a friendly dude, and then movie by movie, and then by the end, he's <laughs> he, he holds both counties, uh, you know, fates in his hands. Yeah, uh, it's it was. I was kind of sad to see him go because I did like the character of this. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, this this just country fried gangster mafia boss, whatever, who had, who owns a warehouse where there's some, some flat screen TVs he boosted. Uh, yeah. It was, it kind of, he kind of looks like Steve Bannon without a facial disease. Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. Whole foods, Steve Bannon, like a better version of Steve <laughs> Bannon. Uh, I think that, uh, I, I feel like him getting killed off like this is a case of the, the writer coming in and looking at the original script and being like, okay, who am I going to, who of the characters from this am I going to want to use in the third one? Because he was yeah. probably planning out both at once. And who don't I need? Uh, Zach Van Zant guy. Uh, I don't need him. I'm going to use the Fallout 4 guy in the right. in the forest as my as my big bad guy in the next <laughs> one. Let's, let's kill him off. It'll be exciting. Um, it, it, it is definitely written as a shock moment. Because this whole yes. movie is like, he's the guy behind this. He's the guy behind this. He's the guy behind this. Oh, he's dead. It can't be him. And and it's a real shock because in when the car bomb goes off, uh, Scooter is caught in the blast. And at Ooh first, boy. at first, I thought Scooter was dead, and I was like, "Holy shit, County Line, you really did go all in." <laughs> uh, but then we find out no, Scooter is just in one of those convenient comas akin to the one that Sheriff Clint was in last time around. Yeah, but but well, because I mean, you—that's the thing. At the midway point of every movie, you need that, and now it's personal. Yeah. in order to fuel the motivation for the second half of the movie. Yes, now now that Scooter, the guy who everyone thinks is an idiot and they all kind of have transactional relationships with, uh, is is <laughs> in the hospital, now this is what motivates them to go forward. Um, it is, I guess I, it is tragic because Scooter, in both movies, his main role is to call uh, Sheriff Wopat with information that sets up the next scene. Ring, ring, ring. Hey, Tom. Do you want to move this movie forward a little bit? <laughs> wait, wait, let me give you a clue. Here's some exposition to get you to the next scene. Hey, Tom, we're going to see an establishing shot of some warehouses, and then you're going to be walking through a gravel parking lot. Are you ready for that? Yeah, sounds good. Um, while, while we're on the scene, I, 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 would be, I would be remiss if I did not mention the, the, the goon who is shooting at them. Uh, yes. <laughs> so... You got uh, uh, Sheriff Porter and Sheriff Wopat. They're teaming up to to arrive at this uh, compound, I guess. Zach Van Sant's compound. Yes. There's the uh, minion that is standing at the bay door with uh, an AK, I guess, or I don't know, some sort of automatic weapon. <laughs> and if you're picturing a, a yellow pill-shaped minion with an AK-47 uh, in, in overalls speaking gibberish, keep doing it. It's funny. <laughs> I'm I'm certain there's an 8chan meme with that. But uh, the, so as Sheriff Porter starts walking up to the bay door, 
I mean, am I wrong? Is this no. movie not s- subtly like, like I would say, fifteen percent of this movie's audience is like, daytime it's county line flavors, nighttime it's eight chan flavors. Uh, okay, I no, I agree with you there. I agree with you. Yes, that 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 does okay. make sense. This is played. This has been. This is played in the background while someone composed some uh, very threatening tweets to their local FBI office. Okay, uh, that aside, as Sheriff Porter starts to approach this bay door with this minion with the AK. Uh, he starts to shoot at her, and she just, like, dives behind a car, as you are probably supposed to do, yeah, to remain alive. Yeah, and, first, first day at the police academy, they teach you that. Don't get shot. <laughs> of And, you know, we're down in Georgia, and, you know, the old the devil do went, things yeah. the old school way. And Tom Wopat's like, I know this fucker. He ain't gonna be shooting me. He knows better than that, and just like walks out from behind a trailer, hands in his pockets, <laughs> just slowly sauntering toward this guy with an AK. He, the guy's shooting at his feet. He had, <laughs> he to, he had to stop he, or flinch for a moment. He had he had to grunt when he stuck his hands in his pockets, but it was worth it for the for the 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 cool <laughs> the cool message that he sends. <laughs> this truly is like a, a grunt work episode. <laughs> yeah, it's very subtly like one. We're, th- that's the real reason we're covering it. Like Patricia Richardson <laughs> being there is just a is just a wacky coincidence. It's just incidental. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's the same. It's the same move that like Gus does on Breaking Bad when the when the cartel is shooting at him. Except they they've had yes. a little more time to build him up as a badass. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I just I had to talk about that for a second. Yeah. Uh, and and Tom Wopat becomes more of a badass, and I'm using that in big time air quotes throughout the rest of this thing. Yeah. Um, before we go much further, though, I want to talk about his daughter. Yes, yes, because uh, she's back. Yeah, from it's the first film. Yes, I I kept writing her name as Amber. In fact, it's Ember, like the thing that gl- glows after a fire is yep. you know done. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but she's back early on when they're talking. This there was a line that skeeved me out in a big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the two of them are talking together, and um, I can't remember exactly what he says. But uh, she says the line, the exchange is like he says something that remind uh, that I don't know is is somewhat like almost flirtatious, <laughs> and she goes just like mom used to, and he goes mm. just like you do, yeah. And I I was like that is gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's less of that weird chemistry between them, but still a little bit of it. Like scenes of them. Or I, maybe we're just, but maybe we're just poisoned by our our decadent society where so many really old men have really young wives. Like maybe we're just always, maybe we're <laughs> maybe, seeing shit yeah. that's not there, and maybe the people at Inspur are purer than that, and we're the ones with the problem. <laughs> uh, uh, here, here's my big note about the daughter, though. Okay, yeah. A- and she comes into the end, and my God, there's a moment when my note was, oh, we're going taken with this mm-hmm. yes <laughs> uh she gets she gets kidnapped at one point by uh uh the, the bad guy the actual baddies of this yes. movie and is held at gunpoint and he has to go save her with his uh very specific set of skills which is mostly grunting and having a stunt person yeah yeah walk <laughs> walk, it, his his skill is getting out of his truck and walking towards buildings sometimes holding a gun <laughs> Getting out of his truck, I would say more rolling out of his truck, but uh, that's neither here nor there. You know, the my, skill is gravity. My big note is I think his daughter really highlights an area 
where he sucks as a sheriff. Just one. <laughs> just just one. One of many. Uh, after the explosion that we've just discussed, um, they're talking about explosives. And he brings the evidence of this bomb. And I, I'm pretty sure he's basically just showing evidence to a civilian. Oh, His yeah. daughter is not involved in the case. She's not part of law enforcement. She is just an everyday resident of Maxville County. And he is like, what can you tell me about this bomb? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, this is going to be complicated in court, depending on how good of a lawyer <laughs> the eventual bad guy has. Because, yeah, there's this is not, she is freelancing. But he also, he also kind of throws his own department under the bus and says, like, yeah, the crime scene people are good at fingerprints and stuff, but they never, they don't know what they're doing with this. It's just like, yeah. Because th this movie makes clear that the last movie didn't say where she was going or what she did in the military. This movie makes it clear she was in Afghanistan and she does bomb yep. disposal stuff. She's a, one of the, yep. one of them hurt lockers. Uh, <laughs> one of them hurt lockers. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, he brings her into it to uh, kind of hurt locker their way to figuring out who set this bomb. And, in the process then of, well, okay, we, we can get to that that later. I mean, she's also, she's back, and this is something that gets very briefly mentioned, and I was I was giving you some crap earlier for maybe not remembering certain key details of the movie, but even I was thrown by this, and I was, like, watching really carefully. Uh, Sheriff Wolpat makes reference, uh, talking to uh, Sheriff Porter at some point, oh, yeah, my, my daughter's back in town, one of her friends died she got hit by a car on her way back from a party years ago and she was oh, on life yeah. support and she just died it's That's just this one-off so it's this one-off mention of it i don't think he and his daughter ever talk about it um but that's like a thing she's dealing with since she's been back she's also yeah. dealing with ptsd because there was a you know there was a roadside bomb in afghanistan and and uh sheriff porter encourages him to talk to his daughter about that and they do and that's all very right. sweet but this whole fact of like that's a, that's a very blue bloods that's all have a family dinner and talk about you know what's going on in our lives sort of did you, Christian you watch, values moment. You watch a lot of Blue Bloods, Landon. You, I uh, don't. I, 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 eh. I, my, my mom does, and I, I, through osmosis, uh, when I, when Blue I walk osmosis. into her room to say goodnight to her before I go to bed when I'm visiting in Florida, I, I happen to catch parts of Blue Blood. And oh, well, I've seen them have dinner around the family table many, many times. You know, you're you're making just a lot of assumptions about the true nature of Blue Bloods based off of some snippets. I, I think that I, I that's I don't know. I, I think you should back the blue, Landon. Um <laughs> So he and his daughter, they talk about Afghanistan, they talk about the case. They don't really talk a lot about, hey, she had this friend here who died and yeah. also like her daughter, his daughter used to party a lot. She actually used to date one of the Prattler brothers, and this this friend of hers got hit by a car and got all messed up because she had been at a party, and uh, and Amber was supposed to go pick her friend up, but because she like didn't get there in time, her friend was walking home and got hit by this car. It's a very complicated backstory that gets mentioned one time, and th then winds up becoming integral to the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. But this, I do like that they built out his daughter's character a little bit to this notion that, well, she was kind of a wild child, and specifically that she had a romantic relationship with one of the Prattlers as as a you know as a teenager, because I, 
A, I like that it builds out the world of the movie more and suggests that kind of just sooner or later, everybody's going to date a Prattler brother. There are so many of them in this town. It's just, it's impossible not to. And then it also, um, it also just gives her more character than just, uh, I am a, I am a stoic soldier lady and I'm going to, you know, and I, I <laughs> yeah. go to war and I, I care about these things and I'm, and I miss my mom and I love my dad. It's like, oh no, okay. She, you know, she's kind of rebellious. Well, like, yeah. And there's echoes though of that story, that backstory to her and what happens to her. Cause she gets run down by a car. Yes. Yes. I, which, which also is frightening like the, getting run down by a car com, you know basically killed her friend and she gets run yeah. down by a car and she bounces back in the next scene like she is basically sitting on the porch <laughs> with a blanket over her legs and yeah. chatting with her dad and then and then later he's saying like yeah broke a couple bones cracked ribs concussion it's like wow she well, looks pretty good i mean it was it was a time jump in the movie what we didn't see is tom wopat taking her dead body to the pet cemetery <laughs> burying her and then coming back home. Yeah, I mean, I guess that I guess that explains why it looks like he has aged so much from one scene to the next. He's waiting on all on all that black magic to happen. Um, yeah, but she, so she, um, but I, so I guess also though, whatever coolness there is about that, then is kind of negated by the fact that she winds up becoming a damsel in distress for the uh, yeah. third third act uh, climax of this movie. That not great. And I, I can't wait to talk about the end scene, which, uh, you know, I don't want to go chronological, but I'm not quite ready to go to that just yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, do Is now the time that we talk about Patricia Richardson then? Not yet. I, I, there's okay. one thing that I forgot to mention about okay. the halfway point of this movie, and, and it ties both the beginning, uh, the first act, or the first half and the second half together. The first half of this movie, and this is more about the relationship between the two sheriffs. Yeah. Tom Wopat is very, like, Zach Van Sant did this. I'm going to prove it. I've got my own investigation going, even though it's not in my jurisdiction. And mm -hmm. she's like... Listen, I'm by the book. We're going to do this right. You give me the information. I will investigate it. I will do this right. You just, you know, like she's by the law, by the book. He's like, no, fuck that shit. I'm going to do my own thing. She's like, I just don't see it. I don't see this conspiracy that you're putting in front of me. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to, you know, if you give me something to go on, I'll go investigate it. Otherwise, I can't take you at your word and just break into people's places. Yes. She's like, fuck your conspiracy. At the halfway point. <laughs> There's a turn and she starts saying this stuff and he's like, listen, I'm not I'm not you're talking conspiracy stuff. I'm not going to go with you on what you're saying. <laughs> and it's like a complete break in logic. Yeah. Uh, from from the first half to the second half. You know, you're right. And it's one of those things that I didn't even really notice because I was just th this movie moves at such a fast clip it scenes does. scenes are we haven't talked much about that but it just like the, the way the last movie dragged for about 20 minutes before getting underway this movie just goes you are just being flung from one scene to the next and every scene is kind of enjoyable i was just getting flung from vibe to vibe so fast by this movie i didn't really think about the logic of that i wasn't really <laughs> tracking his arguments in the previous well, scene versus his arguments in, in the next one post bombing it, this is oh, and we got okay. I, I have another note about the bombing scene, but the uh, that whole thing it, it, it's very subtle, and I don't want to draw too much attention to this because I feel like I've already made my point. But this movie is a lot of white guys yelling to get their way. 
Yeah, I mean, and like like the mayor is it the mayor or is it the judge? I can't remember. The, it's the guy it's, that they think is on, in on it, and they see you, the the photos of him. They 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 found some photos of Zach Van Zant, the late Zach Van Zant, right. giving money okay. to the mayor, and they think the mayor is involved, so they question the mayor reluctantly. Right, for Tom and Wopat. and so sheriff, that's the whole conspiracy that Sheriff Porter's like, listen, we got fucking photo evidence of the mayor taking a bribe. We yeah. have to investigate this, and Tom Wopat's like, I fucking play poker with it you saw me at the beginning of this movie playing poker with him clearly he's a good guy i've known him my whole life yeah uh i'm not going on board with your conspiracy despite the evidence that you're showing me and uh i actually resent that you didn't go with my conspiracy in which i showed you no evidence but so there's this kind of underlying like man has to have it his way sort of sentiment that i'm not quite <laughs> comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, I, I can I can easily overlook it just because of how stupid and fun this movie is, but uh, I, when I investigate it a little too deeply, I'm like, uh, yeah, there's something a little little uncomfortable about this. I, I mean, we're it's again we're watching a Hallmark western. You kind of it 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 it's, <laughs> it does what it says on the tin. It, you don't you don't you're come right, into you're one right. of these. That, like oh a, mo- a movie about about swaggering lawmen who take the take justice into their own hands. I wonder is this gonna you know are are, are is this going to be about men you know uh, mm-hmm. trying to exert their will over other men? Like is this going to be yeah. a lot of masculine energy in this movie? I, well, let's find out. It could go either way. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, and we don't have to spend much time on it, is uh, we talked about the bombing scene, but the there's a, a sequence leading up to the bomb scene. Yeah, that's just like a montage. They clearly ran out of money or time or the pandemic interrupted it because it's just like a bunch of not related shots of like the wilderness and and uh, uh, bird's eye view drone footage of of trees. Stock and it's just a lot of, of voiceover. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? Is that voiceover? Is that where they're like cutting from him and Patricia Richardson at the hospital with Scooter, and like they just yeah. shot a very long conversation? And then it's like, well, we can't have it go this long. Cut to some other footage. <laughs> but uh, it goes on a long time before, uh, yeah, <laughs> before that happens. No, I agree. I agree. It's like the scenes in Wild America where we would just kind of get a long shot of the the boys all singing "Born to Be Wild" <laughs> in the front seat of the car to kind of like you know push the yeah push the runtime up a little bit. Um, and um, I, I'm not complaining about this. There are a number of those, like, kind of a little bit cheap. Like, you can start to see the seams of this movie at parts. Uh, there's, like, really abrupt music shifts. Yes. <laughs> moments. Where yes. it's just like, oh, okay. They they just cut out part of that score because they had to, like, delete a scene or something and couldn't smooth it over with another pass in po- post-production. But, okay, but for for all of the corners that have been cut, let's also acknowledge a triumph that this, this movie, the sequel, has over the first. Uh, Patricia Richardson is finally freed from her prison of only the County Line Diner. <laughs> uh, she is at the hospital hanging out with Tom Wopat while he sits bedside with Scooter. I mean, I guess she's sitting bedside with Scooter, too. She also loves Scooter. Um, Who does not love Scooter? I mean, everybody... I ask you. Everybody loves Scooter. Uh, that That's the most popular show in both York and Maxville County, even though it seems like Scooter lives in York County, so people in Maxville County, maybe it doesn't hit for them as much, but they still air it over there. <laughs> um... So I, it, I have a note here that I have a question about. Yeah. And I even texted you about this. Uh, it was the most memorable part seconds after I watched this movie, and I've since forgotten it. 
which yes. is both the joy and the curse of this movie is I don't remember anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we haven't talked about the, the DA who was killed in his garage at all, but but that's the my, thing that my, happens. The DA who's helping to put together the case uh, and helping helping uh, Sheriff Wopad out, uh, you know, suddenly is yeah. killed. But it looks like it was a suicide. The medical examiner says it was definitely a suicide. And Tom Wopat's like, I knew that guy my whole life. He's he wouldn't kill. He wouldn't commit suicide at all. Mm-hmm. Like just going off the whatever. I already made that point. But my note here, again, was memorable when I saw it. Enough to text you about it. My note is just aggressive lifesaver eating. Yes, yeah, that's the that's the mayor. He's shoveling a bunch of uh, of lifesavers, like minty lifesavers, into his mouth as he is getting angry that they're questioning him about possible corruption. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> it's uh, it was it was really intense. I've never seen lifesaver eating quite like that before. It, it's we start the scene with an insert shot of a bowl of lifesavers, and a big meaty hand reaches in and grabs one, and then we cut to a shot of the of the mayor just shoving this lifesaver into his mouth and going, "You are accusing me of being a corrupt mayor." Um, so, so yeah, there's. Some... I've never. It's 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 second only to Lex Luthor shoving a Jolly Rancher into. Maybe maybe it's the same actor. He kind of the guy who gets the lifesaver shoved into his or the Jolly Rancher shoved into his mouth in Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, looks a lot like the actor who's playing the mayor in this. There's there's something about uh, characters in movies, bad guys in movies who want to have good smelling breath that really makes them. Yeah, it, it's an it's an endearing moment. Um, so look, is now when we talk about Patricia Richardson. Now that we've yeah, mentioned that she's been freed yeah, from it. from the prison of the County Line Diner, um, yes. So I, I, this is just such a better utilization of her. I I really like her in this so much more than I did. I feels like she's had more time to uh, kind of just get into character and figure out what um, you know who Maddie mm-hmm. is and like maybe get to know Tom Wopat a little bit too because they have better chemistry. And what I also like. What Should I we say just right out the gate? I mean, I, I'm not. I want to uh, dwell on her appearance, but I only mention this because it was kind of a, a noteworthy item that she herself commented on. Um, that unlike a lot of actresses of her generation, mm-hmm. decided to let her hair go gray. Yeah, yeah. Which is a difference from the last movie to this movie. She she's got this cool like almost uh, Agnes Varda sort of like gray into uh, uh brown fade going on with her hair. It's kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's really nice. She looks, she looks great. And it's, it is striking in the first scene. Like, Oh gosh, well, her, like that does not look like the way I remember her hair. That one of many times <laughs> in making this podcast, where we've been surprised by a change to Patricia, Patricia Richardson's hair, but it, yeah, it really, it really works. And uh, I don't know. And it, 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 it fits her character, I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, what I like also is that previously it was kind of just, I don't know, he would stop by the barbecue joint and they'd have kind of stilted dialogue about about how he feels about Clint or something. And now mm-hmm. Sheriff Opat is talking to her about the case and opening up to her a lo- about a lot of stuff. And she's just really like, no nonsense. She gives him right. shit. Like, at one point he's got his feet up on uh, on the, the table and she says, do you smell toast? Did you just have a stroke? Is that why you're putting oh your God. boots up on my table? Like... <laughs> That that was one of like that was one of the most contrived ways of making a joke. Producer Richardson did what she could with that line, but I'm like, that was clearly a day of rewrite. Like the writer was on the sideline, going, "Okay, I gotta, 
I got to write something humorous to get us into this scene. And I, I think that there's a better joke there somewhere. I, maybe there is, but they, you know, but again, this is a movie that was made on a certain budget and a certain timeline yeah. enforced by that budget. And I, I just like Fair. that it, uh, you know, I like that it, that it uh, came to that because I think that was a pretty funny way to do it. Um, I also, <laughs> what I also like about their relationship is that a big, a big pillar of, of it is uh, barbecue denial. Like she, she will be serving <laughs> his friends barbecue and cheeseburgers and then, Per, carried over from the last movie because he has heart problems. He's giving her, or she is giving him turkey burgers and veggie burgers, and you, he hates it. You call it, you call it barbecue denial. I call it barbecue edging. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's sort of a Phantom Thread esque relationship. You know, it's like it's all it's all based around food and control and things like that. Uh, you know, again, again, another another movie that could be that could be made about the the dynamics of their relationship, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I felt like it, there was just more intimacy to their part or to their relationship. And I don't mean that in a in a mm-hmm. horny way, but just in a like they, I don't know, they they seem a yeah. lot more connected than before. Where I keep saying this, but it really just felt like she would walk into the room, look at him, say things, and walk away. And now they yeah. sit together and hold hands, and she, you know. They touch each other. It's nice. Yeah, I, I, and you know, uh, obviously worth saying. There's certainly not enough Patricia Richardson in this. I, I kind of no. hope for no fear that she's like deputized. <laughs> I, I want to see Patricia Richardson in a you know sheriff uniform uh, going after the baddies. She is. She is Maddie. Wh- Maddie and the baddies. Oh my god, that's really good. That's that's the spinoff right there. Uh, I mean, look, <laughs> it, it seems like in these counties. Uh, Anybody can become a cop at the drop of a hat. I'm going to point to Scooter for evidence here. Um, okay, well, so do we do we want to try and bring it home and unravel the end of this movie? Yeah, I do. Because uh, I, I, you know, it's probably not going to be any surprise to you. I'm looking at the bad guy, the guy who actually did this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you how he fits into the story at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking him in the face at the moment. And I want to I want to mention when they they reveal who the killer is, there's an M.O., like a, a modus modus operandi. Mm. Uh, nice. $10 words. Oh, yeah, very good. Very good. Thank you, Mr. Lynch. Appreciate this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but shove there's... another donut into your mouth as you say it. <laughs> okay. There's, a, there's an M.O. monologue uh, as we kind of go back over all the events of the movie and we see the, you know, the actual killer going through it uh, that is just, like, such an on-the-nose sequence that it works for me. Like this is almost a MacGruber level. This just tie it all up in a neat bow sort of sequence. Yes, it, it is. It it is so wild and so crazy that it makes me like it better because it makes me realize I didn't have to be taking notes on the twists and turns of the plot. (laughs) And that's why we didn't really tell you that, oh, yeah, a DA got got killed and made to look like it was a suicide. No, his his daughter got hit by a car like a lot like shit just kind of happens. And it's stuff for Sheriff Wopat and uh, Sheriff Porter to drive to and stand around and have banter over. Uh, but the person, so I have to ask you, who is this guy? Who, who is the killer? Okay. So the killer, reveal it to me right now. The killer whose name, I don't, I, I'm looking at the names of all the characters in this and I can't even tell you for sure which, which of these people it is, but the person, (laughs) the the, the person who has been doing the killing is the medical examiner, uh, for the Uh, county. He, he is someone who, he is someone who I think is at the, Warren, that's it. It's Warren. He's been... 
uh, he's been playing poker with them, I think, at the beginning, or at least he's in the County Line Diner. And what we find out is that, oh, Warren's daughter is the friend of Amber's who got hit by the car at, on her way back from that party and died. Like, mm-hmm. early on in the movie, he sees Warren and is saying, like, oh, Warren, sorry about, you know, your daughter, whatever. And I'm thinking, like, who the fuck is this guy? Was he in the first movie? I don't remember this guy. <laughs> He then disappears. <laughs> Later, he is the medical examiner who says, oh, the, you know, the guy who got poisoned, it was, um, you know, it, it was, uh, no, it, it couldn't have been, no, it couldn't have been a homicide. It was definitely a suicide. And it's like, oh, well, the medical examiner said it. We have to trust him. The, the point is, he, the guy who hit his daughter was a drunk driver who got off scot-free. And so this guy, uh, Warren, has decided to go on a revenge spree against everyone in any way involved. That means blowing up no okay it's shooting the lawyer who got him off for the thing it's 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 killing the da who bungled the case it's like it's running over ember because ember wasn't there to pick up his daughter and so ember is involved it's like how how he knows where she is when she's jogging on that you know random country road who knows it's not explained yeah take take me home country road and because the the he does a just terrible shithouse job running her over i mean she is not in (laughs) any way injured by that he then comes back at the end and uh and uh uh, kidnaps her. This happens at the same time as uh, Scooter has woken up and Sheriff Wobat yeah. and Sheriff Porter visit him and Scooter in reminiscing about his life and, and death and his near-death experience says something about how he felt like he was a victim and that out of nowhere clues Sheriff Wopat into, oh my god, it must be it must be Warren the medical examiner because he was a victim of these people and he was trying to kill them <laughs> and and this leads them to chase him down to a abandoned warehouse. I don't know how they know he's there, where he has taken... Yeah, I don't either. Warren has taken Ember there. He's got a gun to her. He's going to throw her off a ledge. And <laughs> just, then... Just to, just so we know what the score is, this uh, edging on his Twilight years, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's definitely past middle age, but like... Maybe he's like one, like the age of one year before retirement sort yeah. of age. Yeah. Like he's, he's, his age is about Schmidt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, that age of man has kidnapped a war veteran. Oh, a war veteran who we saw beat a, up like multiple dudes in the previous yes. movie. I mean, I guess she got hit by a car, but she still seems pretty capable. He has her, and he's got her, you know, a gun to her throat uh, mm-hmm. while he's, you know, near tears. And Tom Wopat is like, oh, yeah, it was you who, you know, did this. And we're seeing all these flashbacks of him planting the bomb that killed Van Sant and uh, him staging the murder of the former DA in his garage dying by, you know, uh, carbon monoxide out of his car. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, a fantastic sequence. Yes. But th- this all leads to a moment that is just like the icing on the cake of this movie to me. Like if I was unsure of how I felt about this movie, this moment sold it for me. Yes. Is this the one is this the moment that you texted me the picture of? Uh partly. Yeah, it's the after I just texted you a picture of Tom Pat. Uh so as as Warren is now found out and he he's desperate he's got uh ember um and he's slowly backing toward the edge of this you know i don't know i guess 
10 story warehouse it's like it's like it's like a three-story warehouse but But, it's tall enough that if they fall they're dead yeah he's without question if he throws ember off there she will be extinguished yes yeah and it's he's kind of backed into a place where like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna take your daughter with me Mm. and uh (laughs) like there's no there's no saving tom wopat is like He's got no options left. And here comes Sheriff Porter. She's got a shot. She takes it. She kills uh, Warren, who falls backwards and takes Ember with him. Yep, Hans Grubering it. (laughs) We get the greatest shot of this and maybe any movie ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Wopat literally doing a lunge save. Just just diving forward. Dives for and like Tom Wopat for all of his beer gut glory actually does the save. Like yeah. granted the camera's on the ground and pointing up at him and like I'm sure there's tons of padding, but the dude actually jumps he, forward. He flings himself straight forward, which I mean, I think at that age and you know what you've been through, that's probably more I, difficult. <laughs> At 40, I would, I'm not sure I would do that. Uh, you would let your daughter he, die. You'd be like, fuck it, sorry, I I'm might. not lunging. That's a young man's <laughs> I, game. I, 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 would, I would hesitate long enough for her to die, for sure. Uh, uh, also, also, I, I think, I don't know, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson should take a look at this movie and know if on a physics level it would work. But the way that, the way that he, like, she has been thrown off the thing, and then he yeah. dives, and it's like she's hovered in midair for, like, a second to I allow know. him to catch yep. up. It's Eeyore's got a very long, stretchy Gumby arm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but he does. He, he, he does the lunge and grabs her by one arm, one hand. They got each other, and he pulls her to safety. And uh, they hug, and we we do a thick, uh, a quick fade to black. Yes, a thick fade to black. It's it's a chonky one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and we go to go to our our few chapters of epilogue here. Yeah. So Scooter uh, has decided to retire from being a cop or re-retire. Uh, which and- which begs the question: In no fear, what do you think his occupation is going to be? <laughs> Well, well, she suggests a special deputy advisory position. This is what, what right. Sheriff Porter did. And she first apologizes for being hard on him earlier in the movie and then suggests that. So I think that I think that means I think he's just going to sit in a room with a single telephone and well, with two <laughs> telephones. And he'll get calls on one telephone from people telling him the information they want him to call Sheriff Wopat and tell to him. <laughs> How how is Tom Wopat going to know of any crimes in the county, either county, if Scooter doesn't uh, continue his uh, his role in these county lines? Sco- Scooter is the county's nine one one system. If something goes wrong, Scooter will <laughs> will let the relevant authorities know. He he's Mark putting together that hot rod in the garage when no one's looking. He he's is the one actually solving these murders. He he is the Mark of this movie. You know what? But listen, you know what I, I hope happens in uh, in County Line? No fear. I hope that Scooter falls in a river and has to be rescued. <laughs> that is Zachary Ty Brian. Yeah. No, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I want it to happen in every movie we watch. Oh God. Okay. Um. So, I I have one more. Very important thing that we got to discuss. Yes. Okay. So, so last movie, this movie, we're both. You know, there's a there's a theme of old school versus new school. Uh, yeah. We we the final image we see in this movie is uh, a jukebox that says um, record and CD selection. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm wondering if that was some sort of contrived way of saying, uh, forget your your 
<laughs> your Zoom audio uh, controllers. Where you know, put away your your iPod shuffles. Yeah, we're we're sticking to our record and CD selections. <laughs> you can you can put your eight track the hell down. This is what we're doing. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that it's. I mean, it's also I think an evolution from the first movie where the old jukebox gets shot and like the last line is, yep. uh, oh, yep. that jukebox has seen better days. Like it, now it's like, oh, this is the new school coming in. It's got CDs and records. <laughs> um, so they're they're working together. Although I, I I not realizing that the writers or the the filmmakers are like CD is new technology yeah. and records are old technology working together, just like our two new sheriffs. Well, uh, elaborate metaphors are only legal on one side of the county line, so that's why the jukebox can only be in Maxville <laughs> County. Um. I, so and also I, I think there's some huge foreshadowing for me at least of what the next movie is going to be. Uh, he's talking to Ember back at home, and Sheriff Wopat is just talking about how he's he's tired. He can't keep doing this. It's tough for him processing that he's this old. And he says basically, I don't think I'm going to be a sheriff anymore. I think it's a young man's game. And Ember, who has also accepted an honorable discharge from the army, says, or a young woman's game. And so that suggests to me that is the next movie going to be Sheriff Ember and he's helping her mm. out and she's working with Sheriff Porter? Because if so, I'm all in. Uh, in the words of Stop Making Sense, girls can do it too, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the words of Stop Making Sense, uh, inventing situations and putting them on TV. Uh, so <laughs> that's something I'm excited for. And then... And then the last moment in this movie is, you know, it's back at the poker game where we began. Yeah, yeah. And now Sheriff Porter is there with Sheriff Wopat and his buds and they're yeah. all having a good time. And because because he is so uh, because he's so bad at poker and he's a bad bluffer. This has been a kind of running gag throughout. They give him a gift because I guess it's his birthday or I don't even know. Or no, it's because he's gonna, about to go on vacation for the first time ever with Maddie. They're going to go down to Florida and visit Clint. Uh, they give him a book, Poker for Idiots, and he has a good laugh at that. And then oh, Trisha Richardson, Trisha Richardson comes over and she sets down a burger for him. And he takes a look inside, and he like his face just lights up, and he looks at her, and he goes, <laughs> "He basically comes in his pants." And he just goes, "Is this a cheeseburger?" And she says, "One <laughs> cheeseburger won't kill you." And it, the joy in his face as he eats this cheeseburger. <laughs> like if you've seen that that World War II picture of the little European boy who's been given a new pair of shoes or something, and he's just clutching them to his chest with his with his eyes closed, and he's smiling blissfully. It's the best thing that's happened to him. Uh, it's it's like that, and it's a very fun. Yep. Again, that's the fun thing that I like about this movie is that, yes, he's a tough guy, but he's also not afraid to be a vulnerable guy and a goofy, silly guy sometimes. Truman, uh, OK, I, I got a, I got a few things because we got to talk about this heavy metal credit sequence, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is so disjointed from the rest of the movie. Like this is like, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds before he really hits it big. Sort like that interstitial year, uh, yeah. couple years where he's doing really forgettable thrillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the level of like it's it's like 2007 Lincoln Park yes. credits. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> it does not fit at all. No, um, a movie that has had entirely like a soundtrack of kind of yeah. old timey blues instrument. Well, not even blues, like country instrumentals. <laughs> <laughs> complete with a shot of the record player playing it and then we get the ending yeah. it's like dun -dun 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 -dun. <laughs> uh it really made me happy it crossed uh, a line the <laughs> a county line which county 
I, I don't know, but it went all into that county that it crossed into. <laughs> but as I uh, want to say for everything that we ever record, I had this playing in the background while we did this, just to kind of jog my memory about things. Yeah. And the movie ended. I'm watching this on Hoopla. And uh, as it ended, on Hoopla, you can rent not only movies, uh, not only, um, you know, books and comics, uh, but you can also rent music. Oh, God. And audiobooks. Oh, no. And as County Line ends, the the pop-up says, you know, we hope you enjoyed watching County Line All In. Rate this title. Uh, if you like this, here are some suggested titles for you. And... It brings up a music CD of Tom Wopat, The Still of the Night. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, he released Uh, an album, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And I'm trying to... It was from the year 2000. Yeah, I see it. I see it on his discography. Well, he's released a lot of albums, actually. He released an album called Tom Wopat. He released an album in 1987 called A Little Bit Closer. 1988, Don't Look Back, Learning to Love, Hands On. Yeah, yeah. 2005, uh-huh. Tom Wolpat sings Harold Arlen, Dissertation on the State of Bliss. <laughs> 2009, uh, Consider It Swung. He's, he appears on uh, the compilation Lost Country Hits of the 80s. Uh, and in 2017, uh, he released his self-titled album, Wopat. <laughs> so Still of the Night looks like he's doing uh, the American Songbook uh, with songs like Let's Fall in Love, Baby It's Cold Outside, uh, which does not mention who he's doing a duet with there. Mm. Is it Patricia Richardson? Uh, um, or, or or is it Sheriff Clint? making Whoopi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff Clint. Oh, my God. That would be the all-time duet of all time. American uh, Whoopi. I don't even know if it's worth mentioning now. I have one lingering note about Patricia Richardson. Uh, I I feel like this is a character choice, yeah. Or or maybe it's just a practical actor on set choice, <laughs> but it 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 dovetails very nicely with Maddie, the character she's playing. There's one really wide shot where you see her head to toe. Yeah, Patricia Richardson is actually wearing very comfortable shoes that a waitress would wear, and yeah. I thought that was a very nice touch. I am I am glad that for how much time this movie spends in a barbecue restaurant, they are realistic to the barbecue waitress experience. <laughs> Something that I am um, acutely familiar with. Um, as we begin to end this uh, episode, I want to, uh, as I've mentioned on a, a few other episodes before, um, I'm a letterbox user. I decided to go look at the reviews for this movie. Um, there are only two written reviews. For mm-hmm. County Line, All In. One of them is a very glowing review that I'm not going to read all of, but I'm just going to read the last sentence or paragraph. Uh, this is from a user called Bands About Movie. And it goes on to say, if you're looking for a family-friendly, dash, there's some murder and explosions, but it's tastefully done. Yeah. Uh, family-friendly action and detective work, County Line, All In, is a great choice. Half a star. Woof. Wow. <laughs> uh, which I, somehow, like, really sums up my feeling about this movie. Like, it is a great choice of a movie to put on. It's not good. 
Yeah, yeah. But and it's great. <laughs> it's it's a great movie graded on a curve. It's not a movie that you should watch instead of like Local Hero or Remains of the Day or something like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Th- so th- I don't those know, are just the three the, di- the dichotomy of the words versus the the star rating was like that's the epitome of this movie. Uh, yeah, you know, a, a picture is worth, uh, or no, a, a sentence or two is worth, uh, I guess, half a star, I suppose. That's the exchange rate. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, do you want me to read you the synopsis of County Line No Fear as a sort of uh, prelude into whenever we get to do that movie? Yeah, give it to me as, a, as an amused boosh. Let's go out on something strong for okay. once. Uh, this is from IMDb. Uh, Maxville County Sheriff Alden Rockwell is finally handing in his badge. Mm-hmm. But his retirement plans are interrupted when a crime syndicate threatens the family of a neighboring York County Sheriff, Joanne Joe Porter, okay. starting a chain reaction <gasps> that turns into a battle for the future of the two counties. I just I just wish it was a battle for the future and just held it there. Like time travel is involved <laughs> and there's like velociraptors laser. with laser cannons coming around. <laughs> laser <laughs> It's basically. Yes, ca- I ca- want that. County Line Three, Buckaroo Banzai. Um, <laughs> County Line Three, Dino Riders. Yes, yes. I, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I'll take even if and, we only get one scene of a dinosaur being ridden because of budgetary constraints. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for it. We're, we're getting uh, our recurring actors back. Tom Wopat is going to be there. Patricia Richardson is in. Kelsey Crane as Joanne Porter is returning. Denim Richards as Dante Hill is there. Uh, we're seeing some other supporting cast. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin whether or not Scooter's going to return, but we do have Casper Van Dien returning or not returning, appearing <laughs> uh, presumably as the baddie in all black. Yeah. Uh, playing a character named Zed Dalton. Zed, you killed off Zach Van Zant, and then you have to bring in another Z bad guy. <laughs> well, you know Alden is an A. You got to go the exact opposite. Oh shit, that's you probably step on that other other <laughs> other side of that county line, and you get your Zs after after. Uh, well, yeah, because you fall asleep uh, after <laughs> Zach Van Zant died. I'm sure Alden was ready to relax, and then all of a sudden, a new guy comes to town. He gets the new phone book. Oh no, Zed, <laughs> another nemesis. Or, or is- is it just a, uh, is it an alphabetical game? Like, oh shit, uh, Zach is Zach's dead. So uh, who's up next? Uh, yeah, it's I, Zed. Yeah, and then and then Zed's whatever dead, the baby. fourth movie is, Zed Zed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in oh. and in England, they'll think we're just talking about the letter Z. So that's another reason this movie doesn't have appeal across the pond. Okay, let's end this episode. All right, let's uh, yeah, let's let's cross the county line back to back to our home county. If you enjoyed this episode, help us create this show by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod, where for only as little as $1, you can get access to our entire archive of Gruntwork Nights episodes. Uh, Say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at gruntworkpod, or leave us a rating review over (laughs) at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to these shows because it helps go a long way to help others find us. Uh, I'm doing this off the dome. I don't know if you can tell. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> visit, visit us at our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com slash or county line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of I subtly stopped doing that and I, I can tell it's been irking you. It irked <laughs> you when I started and then it irked you when I stopped. It's it's uh, it's it's gag denial, really. 
<sighs> where you can find info on this and other episodes we've done. And until the next time when uh, maybe maybe County Line No Fear will come out <laughs> before we record next and we could just do that again. That would be um, handy. We, we're going to forget what we ever started making this podcast about. We have we have gone off it's, mission, folks. We're in the weeds. It's, be- it's become County Line work. Uh, <laughs> until next time when we bring you another bonus episode and we promise we'll come back with season eight soon. Uh, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, one of the key plot points of this movie is that Zach Van Zant owned a warehouse that he was going to sell to turn into condos, and the reason that he was going to be able to do it was because he was going to bribe the mayor to rezone the area. So now for the last half hour of the podcast, I'm going to talk about the zoning regulations in effect in rural Georgia that would actually make it possible for this kind of local corruption to go on. Thank you.